Anyway, uh, this is a new show. It's Sick and Wrong 2.0, and uh, uh, Harrison is the new co-host. It, it's funny because a lot of people were saying, they're like, you know, who's D going to choose the new co-host? Is Sick and Wrong going to continue? And then, like, at least 10 people uh, said, why, why don't you use that guy Harrison? He's got a good voice. Seems like an interesting dude. Doesn't seem like a serial killer. And so uh, at here, least here it is. Two of those three things are true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I'm a little concerned though because I feel like it might. I'm a half Jew. Oh, now that's like a I'm, lot of Jew I'm on the show. Off the Jew Gentile ratio. You know, I'm a, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I forgot about mm. that. You were you were half breed, but did you come mm. out of a Jewish vagina? No. Let's see. Then then so then you're not by law by Jewish law a Jew. I guess not, but I mean, I have a bubby, you know. Yeah, who, heritage, who heritage wise. Vasha Karnishkas and all that. Yeah, horrible so, bullshit. So then, you know? I, I think the show Sigrong 2.0 might be more Jewy. Yeah. You know, being that there's a Jew and a half mm. here. I'm Freddy Krueger, and I'm here to say I love Sigrong in the major way. I'm murder Johnny Depp just to have some fun. Walk here, D. Simon at Harrison. What's gonna happen on the show today? Will it be a shit story, or is that gay? Maybe a guest appearance with Wacker Lee, or video game news with Jeffrey. It'll be hip, and it'll be cool. Kids don't take drugs and stay in school, or you might end up like Joker Ball. Freddy's out. Lick my balls. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, uh, World Source for Antisocial Commentary. I am one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I am the other host, Kate Rambo. Hello. Kate Rambo, it's a, uh, this is a special show. I was just saying, it's a, it's a special. It's a tribute it's to a special. Uh, the one and only Harrison P. Lovecraft. Um, I'm sure everyone knows by now through the social media posts, and I, I mentioned on the show, uh, Harrison passed away. Um, about a month ago in his uh, Hollywood apartment, and I'm still finding details about it. I'm not quite sure exactly the cause of death. I think it might have had something to do with drugs. I think people can surmise that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harrison was a fan of drugs. Um, but Harrison was a fan of a lot of things. I mean, he uh, lived life according to his own rules. That's why we, um, you know, we, we titled this show The Death of a Libertine. And it's like when I think of the term libertine, you think of someone like Oscar Wilde, but I also think of someone like Harrison. I mean, yeah, that guy, Harrison. Your friend Kessler was totally a libertine too. Like I, life but, on their I own think, terms. Fuck yeah, anyone else type of deal. Yeah, my brother is kind of my brother's kind of one of those yeah, two. Jeffrey's it's just one like, of them you know, too. Just a living a, a not a carefree lifestyle, but a lifestyle like devoid of consequence or repercussion or and 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 like sexual liberation. And that that's the one thing with Harrison. Like that dude would try anything and yeah it's a very always... like marky decide lifestyle just don't expect to like you know go to your grave at the age of 90 but i don't think he was one of the... my friend kessler was like that too is i don't think kessler was one of those people it's like i'm gonna have a family you know by the time i'm 50 i'm gonna have two kids and a, and a house in the suburbs i don't think harrison was one of those people either i think harrison's like i want to live my life the way i want to live my life and people could just fuck it you know eat a dick if they have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, seriously. Well, your brother can definitely eat a dick. <laughs> anyway, we're going to tribute. This is going to be a messy show, a drunken show. It's going to be fun. I went through and uh, found out like a lot of clips, a lot of phone calls. You know, I was actually overwhelmed by the, the emails and the phone calls from all the fans. I mean, people genuinely adored Harrison. I was overwhelmed by it. And it was actually just, and you know, I sent a, I sent a screenshot to a couple of his friends 
his personal friends, like one of his longtime friends. And he was just like, you know, I, he goes, I found it surprisingly sweet. Because people have this like stigma about our audience. Our show has a stigma and this perception of who listens to this show. But, you know, in the end, it's, it's, you develop a bond with people. And, it's, and we said this too with, with podcasting. It's like, it's different than, a, you know, a celebrity on a radio show or a television show or something. You know, it's like you get like Howard Stern. People love Howard Stern, but it's not like they interact with Howard Stern. Harrison had personal relationships, a lot of listeners. Yeah, you know, with me. Yeah, with you. That's and, how I started. Yeah. You know, he, he was a, a very active member of the Discord. You know, when he was on the show, he, he had a lot of like relationships that lasted years with a lot of people. But he but he had a lasting impact and impression on the sick and wrong audience. And I think you can it was very evident in the people's emails and comments and phone calls that we got. I mean, I was I would say I would, I found them very touching. Touching. D? Did you find them soft and warm? It was it was a very soft and warm moment. Yes. So, you know, I was thinking about this. I always I always prefer the way the Gentiles mourn the dead. I mean, me and Harrison talked about that. I really? Pre- I always prefer the way the Gentiles mourn the dead than the Jews. Why? You- See, I prefer the way, way the Jews do it because it's very like we have a week and then after that the show must go on. Whereas the Gentiles are like, you can go to therapy for two years if this is going to help you get over it. It's like, no, you've got to get over it. Death happens. It's the, you know what it is? It's the way, I, I guess I admire the, the way the Irish do it in particular. When I'm talking to Gentiles, I'm talking about the Irish. Because the Jews, they sit Shiva. There's no alcohol. You're sitting well, in this house. Shit. Yeah, no, it that. sucks. They bring you food. Like there's good like lox and bagels, Jew food, that kind of thing. And you have to sit there and deal with your grieving family and relatives and, and close friends of the, of the deceased for a fucking week. You know, they got the fucking windows, like the, the mirrors covered with blankets so the ghosts don't escape or the ghosts don't come through. I don't, I don't know exactly why that, that is. And it's just really somber. It's solemn and it sucks. Yeah, it's no, it's it's sitting shiva sucks. Like I remember, I've, I've had to do it Is many times. Is the food times. good though? Come on, the food. Must no, be I good. love the I love the food. It's like bagels, lox, and you know, all the all the Jew food. Yeah, it's like a week long of eating all the best food, and, but then you people, get on with your life. And people bring you food and things like that. Whereas, I like the way the Irish do it. The Irish are like, let's just have a fucking wake and get wasted, get shit pissed, drunk, and and tell well, stories. The Brits all do that, mate. Yeah, okay. That maybe was the, like the UK my dad's way they do it. Was but like I, that. That's the way it should be. You should remember, you should get back. And, and like the stories, that's the other thing too. The stories don't have to be, you know, special, like memorable uh, moments where it's like in positive moments in this person's right. life. You know, the thing is, like Harrison used to say this Harrison said he hated when people died and suddenly they achieved sainthood. You know, he's yeah, like, all I of a sudden that. people become a saint. I remember that on the patron when Amy Nicole died and he he spent that whole episode just saying how much he hated it. Because like we all die. It doesn't make us any better than anyone else. But it's suddenly people just kind of achieve like become fucking Mahatma Gandhi or something. It's like all of a sudden they're like, you know, achieve sainthood. And that's not that's not the way it should be. You should remember the person for who they were and and the uh, impact they had on your life. And and that's kind of what we're going to do here today with Harrison because the man was no fucking saint. Come on, <laughs> but no, and that uh, was that's what was great about him. But he was a fucking legend, and I'm going to drink to him. Yeah. So I think we should all tip our glasses right now to Harrison P. Lovecraft. So uh, yeah, this is going to be a drunken mess of a show. Um, I went through and I for this week and just kind of poured through like all, a lot of episodes. I mean, he was on the show for like five years, you know, a long time. And I uh, yeah. went through some of uh, it. It was funny too because I was like clicking through episodes, 
and just kind of randomly because I'm not going to listen to all those fucking these hours and hours of podcasting. But I was just well, there clicking. is a really whiny, nasally voice. Yeah. Oh my god, that that's the worst part. To. No, Harrison had an amazing it's radio voice. voice, a baritone, deep voice. My voice, it's really hard to listen to. And I'm talking Jewy. that for myself. It's so Jewy. It's so nasally. <laughs> I had to like skip through it because I'm like, I can't fucking stand the sound of my voice. But we got like some some of these phone calls. Fucking hilarious. I was cracking up. Admittedly, I was a bit stoned, but I was cracking up and I just pulled out a lot of clips. Uh, before we get started, though, I got to say, uh, people might notice my bling. I'm not wearing this uh, in particular to Harrison, but I think Harrison enjoyed his bling. Um, but thank you, Warwick Davis, for sending me this Jewish star encrusted with uh, diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, Warwick, I love it. Amy Winehouse had a very similar one. So I'm just looking at you and pretending you're Amy Winehouse. But the, but the well, the Jewish version. We are very similar. The American Jewish version. We are very similar. But uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Well, you both Jews. Warwick Davis reached out. And uh, this is why I don't usually give my address out to uh, fans. Um, he reached out. And he was like, I got your gift. I want to send you. And I was like, all right. And now he just sends random shit. Just random things. And I just get it in the mail. And he'll just send me like a screenshot of like the, the tracking. Be like, you're going to get this. And I'm like, oh, great. What am I going to get now? Um, and, and usually like I expect booze. And I don't mind booze. Like usually when people send me stuff, it's usually typically booze. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But no, Warwick surprises me. <laughs> So thank That's you, Warwick Davis. That's a good Davis. gift. I've, I it's, really like it, Warwick. He's like my very own Paul Schneider now. It, it's good. It's good. It's very fitting, I think. Um, so Harrison P. Lovecraft. You know, from the first time I met that guy and the first, when he started on the show, you realize this guy's a character. He's one of the, he's, you don't meet too many people like Harrison. You know, he's one of those unique personalities. I was thinking about this. Who live to experience life rather than just endure the experience of living. This picture is from the one of the first times you met him as well, isn't it? No, this is later. Harrison, that's, that's the only Halloween outfit. Halloween. Costume he Harrison rocked ever wore. his Klaus Nomi, I must yeah. say. <laughs> However, I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, uh, yeah, the first time I met him, I have this amazing clip. This is how I knew this. there was something special right. about this guy and that he was a character um, by definition of libertine. So, you know, after going through these uh, these old shows... And these old clips and phone calls, I realized we made some really good fucking radio. We really did. I mean, say you could say the same thing. You know, me and Lance said there's some great shows, there's some shitty shows, there's some, you know, uh, decent shows. And same with me and Harrison. Some shows were were great, some shows were dismal. But uh, there were some really funny fucking moments, and um, you know, and and gen- and genuinely disturbing moments. There really were like some of the things and some of these clips I'm going to play were like, wow, what the fuck? Like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> but I appreciated this guy's just wit and unbridled creativity of Andrew Harrison. And, you, and you, I got to, you know, it was funny because I kind of revisited that listening to these clips. I'm like, some of the random things, uh, quips and comments and things he would say. I'm like, where did he pull that from? I and- think um, Atheist Preacher put it kind of best on the discord when he was talking about when Wackerly left because you know Wackerly is very funny but he's very like nerdy geek humor and when Harrison came in he kind of brought the occultism and like satanism and all this like very random because I found like Harrison's twitter not his main twitter it's like a secret twitter and on it it's just like all these like Lovecraft jokes that he just I could imagine him like walking around coming up with like just random like just Lovecraft creature jokes. And I was like, 
only Harrison could come up with all of this. Like, who knows these creatures? Well, that's, you know, that's the thing. He took the show, when Harrison's on, we took the show in a completely different direction. Like, when we launched Sick and Wrong 2.0. I mean, that happens when you get new hosts. And some people like it, some people fuck off. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but we did take the, we changed the show. Harrison changed the show. Because I was listening to it, like, when me and Wackerly were on, it was definitely more like dark comedy. It was, it was, yeah. it was more comedy. And just... And obviously not politically correct. And, uh, and you know, Wackerly was very negative, but in a different way that Harrison was negative. <laughs> yes, you know? Wackerly and, is negative. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like the, the, the D- radio DJ guy that plans out the show and, and, you know, moves through the show. And sure, I may say something funny here and there, but it's good to have like a co-host that you, you know, play, you play, you play off with. Like you can like sit, you can play off each other. And w- we do that too. Um, but it's different than the way me and Harrison did and totally different than the way me and Wackerly did. And that's yeah. how, like, there's, you know, a show that's been going on this fucking long, there's, there's generations of sick and wrong. You know, there's the Wackerly years, the Harrison years, and there's the, uh, the Kate Rambo years. So it's, it is, it's different. But the thing is with Harrison, what, what always impressed me with that guy is the amount of work he accomplished considering his lifestyle. We all know what that guy was into. You know? We were talking about that before, about because there are some. Uh, I'm just. I'll just use the terms. There are some junkies that achieve absolutely nothing with their life. There are some like D.D. Ramone, Burroughs, like yeah, Burroughs, Jim Carroll, yeah, Lou Reed, Dave Bowie <laughs> that can achieve all of this, and Harrison's somewhere in the middle. I mean, he did was, loads. He did. I mean, he wrote. He wrote several comics, comic books, and um, they're all I think available. They might still be available on the Patreon. Um, Several seasons of a couple YouTube ser- series, actually. Um, yeah, Polyester, polyester Dreams. Dreams. Yeah, which, like, several series. Like, I think they had three seasons of that show. Um, that's up on YouTube. He did radio for years. I mean, not just on Sick and Wrong. Um, you know, he, uh, he did a show here. He did a show, I think, at WFMU in, in New Jersey or New York. Might be mistaken on that. He did a show at the uh, Chinese radio station here in Chinatown. When oh, I first yeah. met him, yeah, he, no, it was a great show. Like, uh, I mean, because that's the thing. The guy was a wealth of music knowledge. I mean, both he and I, that was one, definitely one thing, why, how we became friends, is, is talking about music, changing music. Every time we'd record the show, we would, uh, we would you know, usually listen to records, new records that we got. And then if you ever listened to, like, the outtakes back then, it was almost all, like, us bullshitting about their, like, me bitching about my late Discogs About purchases. Discogs, yeah. I yeah. remember the Patreon back then. <laughs> but, I mean, he was, he was a huge fan of music. And he did, he, I mean, the guy was a, he was an exceptional banjo player. I don't know if anyone heard him ever play the banjo, but the guy was fucking good at playing the banjo. There's video of him playing the banjo on his uh, YouTube channel. And this is, I think this is the most surprising. I mean, obviously, we didn't really uh, publicize this information because we don't like to talk about where we work. Um, but now I don't think it really fucking matters. But Harrison worked for Disney, writing children's stories, like children radio plays for Alexa, like on Frozen, on DuckTales, on whatever, you know, Moana or whatever Disney program. He would, he would write these uh, scripts. And sometimes he would bring them in. I wish I had some, actually. But he'd bring them in. I'd read them. They're fucking great. They were really good. They're really funny and weird. You know how like that's the thing with like uh, like SpongeBob SquarePants and people that write for children's comedy. A lot of that shit is like bizarre and out yeah. there. And yeah, and like a lot of the, there's a lot of double entendres and things like that. And Harrison was he he wrote he wrote genuinely funny and witty children's uh, children's uh, uh, plays that were on Alexa. And I think that is just 
kind of th- that shows his bizarre dual existence. I think sense. he has more than a dual existence. I think he was a man of many, many, many faces. But what I'm saying is like, just in terms of like his professional life and his uh, personal life, it's so, you know, by day he would write children's stories for Disney. And then, you know, and then after uh, like, you know, seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night, drug parties with trans hookers, possible OD in a McDonald's parking lot. I mean, it, it just, like, <laughs> how many people do you know that, that are like that? Not many. <laughs> Not many. You know. Even William S. Burroughs didn't have a day job. He was sad. But that's the thing. I, I admire that about Harrison. I admire, um, I admire some of the stories. I admire um, just his, his perspective on life. Yes, it was dark, but I, I did like his perspective on life and some of the just strange situations that guy would get into. We're going to play some of these. So how, how I met Harrison was uh, through Lenora. And if you go back to like the first few episodes, I think um, actually I have a clip. So Harrison started episode 501. That's when we launched Sick Wrong 2.0. But he actually subbed a few shows prior to that, like in the 490s, when, right. when uh, Wackley took a, took a break. Um, so Harrison subbed a couple shows. And I think we talk about like how we met each other. But Lenora, or my friend Lenora, who's been on the show before, she actually met him on OkCupid. They went on a date. And it was like one of those disaster dates that turned into a lifelong friendship. You know, sometimes that works, though, doesn't it? I think that's really funny because Lenora like doesn't drink or take drugs, and she's going on a date with Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) It it was really weird. They went. I believe they went to uh, the Dresden. I think I don't remember. Someone was right. Right. I think they went to Dresden. They were like drinking. She said within like the first fifteen minutes, he was talking about getting chased by. Uh, pimps in Prague and getting heroin while he was working there as a PA on some film. And she, and he was just like, and there's these hookers and all this. And she was just like, okay, we're not <laughs> going to date, yeah. but you're going to be a really good friend of mine. <laughs> and so then uh, I remember she called me afterwards. I've known her for a long time. And she called me and she knew that Wackerly, because I told her that Wackerly was thinking of leaving the show. And uh, it was just done. I mean, fucking did it for 10 years. years i fully understand that believe me yeah, yeah. Um, he wanted to get married he wanted to have some well, dogs he, he went to yeah he got married and i think it was just like i'll come on the podcast every now and then but i'm just done doing it on a weekly basis um takes a lot out of you so i remember telling her about this she's like i think i might have the perfect co-host for you like replacement host and i was like really and uh she's like yeah this guy did radio he's got a great radio voice she's like and he's a unique personality with some really fucked up weird stories perfect for your fucked up podcast and i was just like all right and so i I, you know had him on and i and you know the rest is history but so i remember like when he first started and i'm gonna play some clips from uh, in a second here um we were we were pretty good friends in the beginning and i I mean it was difficult because you know harrison obviously had a very mercurial disposition and you never i mean i have a lot of friends like that and you know I've known a lot of people in my life like that, especially people that uh, tend to use drugs, you know, heavily. It's like you never know the, the, the person you're going to be hanging out with. And I think that's kind of what happened with Harrison. It's like we'd hang out and then he'd flake. And then I think after a while I was just like, yeah, let's hang out when we do the podcast. And that's usually kind of what it what it became. I mean, every now and then. I think it, anyone who's ever had a junkie friend, though, does know what it's like. Like, they, you can't count on them. It's as simple as that. Well, I think part of it was, uh, you know, he had his priorities. He had his 
he lived his life according to his own rules. That's what I'm saying. It's like he. Well, yeah, I mean, it's junky time all yeah. the time. I mean, he wasn't. I, I, I wouldn't say when you say junky, it implies that that's all he did. He, he No, I know he did more than that, but it's just like a, the way of saying it. It's like William S. Burroughs was a junkie for life. And he D. wasn't. D. Ramon was a yeah, he wasn't a full time. It's just like when it's in, in you, it is in you. It is. I mean, there's a life, a certain lifestyle that you that you lead when you do that. But I mean, we went to some. I remember in the first few years when he was doing Second Wrong, um, God, we went to some crazy after parties. That guy always seemed to know, and I think some fans might even know what I'm talking about because we went out to like some weird after after parties, like in Thai town, in like a Thai restaurant at like four in the morning. In the back of this Thai restaurant was like, you know, there were like strippers playing poker. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, cocaine everywhere. And it was just like, I was like, how do you know these people? You know, and I, I knew some after parties too from friends. Me and Harrison would usually go out and yeah, rage. And we went to a lot of shows in the beginning, but then he kind of stopped going to shows. I don't know. He didn't, didn't enjoy them going, going in public, out in public as much. You know, I think there were like, there are different periods of time. Like sometimes you'd be like, yeah, let's go to shows and let's go out to bars. And then other times it's like, I'm not leaving my house. You know, and I, I think that's kind of just, is evidence of his mercurial disposition that he had. Um, I think that's a good term for it. Um, but I remember one of the first times we hung out. This is probably, God, five or six years ago. It was Halloween. He had just started the show. I think he had been on the show for like maybe three weeks or four weeks at that point. Yeah, probably like three weeks. And um, this is when I knew Harrison was a, was a special person, was a special, a special person. You know, a unique, a unique character. So he used to dress, and you can show the picture that we had before. He used to dress up as Klaus Nomi, and that was bizarre. But his costume as Klaus Nomi was the best part. It's a fucking yoga mat. I mean, he must have made this thing in like, I don't know, 10 minutes. We're, we're going out, and he was just like, let me put something together. And he like gets his yoga mat, and he like paints it, and then he like cut out, that's the bow tie. And then he put like, um, he put a, like white face paint on. And shows up, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" He Are looks you... like Klaus Nomi. I'll give totally. Him that. He totally did. I can totally see. I always remember this picture on his Instagram where he was getting a signed picture from Le- from the Leprechaun from Leprechaun Free out of his storage unit. His storage unit was like full to the brim. Oh God, I don't stuff. know what. I, don't, I just imagine him going in there and going, "I know I've got that. a yoga mat in here somewhere." <laughs> pulling it out like Harrison's ever done. No, yoga I think he walked down to, his life. I think he went down to Ross and just bought one. Like right down the street, and then comes back. It's like, ah, oh, here's my Halloween costume. Was, I remember just like laughing. I'm like, oh my god, you look, you look hilarious. And uh, and plus, who's gonna recognize him? The people that did recognize him, though, you knew were cool. Oh my god, I would, I would flip out if I saw somebody dressed as Klaus Nomi for Halloween. I'd be like, this is the best Halloween costume ever. Well, that was the thing. Like, we went to some party in like Echo Park or something. I, I'm, I, I don't know who, I don't actually to this day, I don't even remember who, who invited us. But we go to this party in Echo Park. And yeah, that's the thing. So most people like, I'd say majority of people didn't know who he was. But the ones that did were like, holy shit, that's an amazing costume. And so I remember the first thing when I got there, I was like, ah, we got to find some booze. So I was like walking around trying to find, you know, see where the beer was. And uh, when I come back, uh, they, they had a stage in this like, in the living room, that, the makeshift stage that they set up. And they're doing karaoke. And so when I come back, this is what I hear. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let me uh, play this clip. This is uh, Harrison um, doing his own version of Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush, 
dressed as Klaus Nomi. so amazing i remember just coming back and i was laughing so hard i was crying while videotaping it so I, i'm gonna post the video on facebook yeah, and video. i'll probably put it up on uh, youtube and patreon and whatever but I think, uh the, my only critique of it if i had laughing. been there i'd have been like harrison please why didn't you do any of the dance moves he Harrison did. Kind of. No, he's not I mean, doing he, any of the window moves. Yeah, I guess he wasn't doing like the uh, like the the Kate Bush dance when they were in a red dress. But That's he was what I want doing, to see Harrison. He was doing, doing the movements the with his hands. Like it's it's really funny. Movements. Yeah, yeah, I'm, he's great. Oh God, I, I, I was I found that the other day and I sent it to uh, Lenora and and uh, his friend Jared and I was just laughing because it was like God, this is amazing. That was the day I knew I was like, holy shit, this guy's gonna be the new co-host. Like he, he, there's something very special about this dude. Um, so let me get to a couple phone calls here. This, uh, this first call is from, um, this is actually a very heartfelt call and, uh, it's long, it's kind of long, but whatever. Um, we don't really have, this is a, this is a free for all yeah. podcast. It's a special episode of Sick and Wrong. It's a, a tribute. Stop, stop staying special. It's a special. It's a special. <laughs> um, this girl is named Catherine. She, uh, was a girl that, uh, Harris met in Glasgow, comedian. And he, I guess she was, he was doing stand up at, uh, at some comedy club in Glasgow. I think a, a fan actually, a listener set him up with it. And, uh, I guess he caught her set and yes, bar, I would say that's yeah. the best comedy club in Glasgow. Yeah. And then, um, they ended up hanging out. So let me play this, uh, play this clip. She called in, she called in with a eulogy. Hi, um, the people listening probably don't know me, uh, but I met Harrison in a bar in Glasgow five years ago, and he was surrounded by these group of men who clearly wanted to have sex with him, and I'd never heard of him, never heard of a podcast, but I was like, I'm going to have sex with him, because I was like, Ew. that will mean nothing to me, and it would have meant something to them and from then on uh we became friends and we talked and we traveled together and we visited each other and we talked on the phone for like every two weeks for three years and none of that would have been possible without the podcast and i need to thank you all for that um, that is random. Like it, it's totally like he was in. I think it wasn't. I don't know if it was when. We, no, it wasn't when we did Fringe. I think he was just there uh, visiting Glasgow. It might have been when we did Fringe. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, he just went to Glasgow and uh, did a stand-up set, which I think is still online. Um, pretty funny. Very um, had a, 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 a demand like a commanding stage presence. But anyway, uh, yeah, he did uh, stand-up and uh, hit it off with this girl, and they and they actually traveled together. Quite a few times. One of the things that I feel like people don't quite understand is everything he did was in pursuit of happiness. Every aspect of him. The drugs, the mysticism, the sexcapades, 
It was all just to figure out how to be happy. I truly believe he thought that if he had the right cocktail of mushrooms and antidepressants and butt plugs that he found the formula into being happy. That cures everything. Um, antidepressants and butt plugs. Uh, I can attest to just the butt plugs. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, rest in peace, Hecubus. There's Hecubus with um, um, Hecubus was a shoulder cat. I know. Uh, I'm very. You've mentioned that before. I am very jealous that you had a shoulder cat. My whole life, I've always wanted a shoulder cat. Just a cat that is always here, just hanging like Hecubus a little goblin loved, as well. Well, Hecubus loved Harrison because Harrison's found like six. Really tall. Yeah, so he loved him. Um, and being with him, it was kind of, you were embroiled in these schemes of emotional alchemy, uh, and you just had to kind of ride with it. But he was, he was stubborn. He was stubborn. He would lead himself to water Leo. and then refuse to drink. <laughs> Leo. Uh, I could see that. And it's, He's a Leo. It's a shame because he knew what made him happy and he told me as such and that was to entertain people and he did it in New York for years before he did a podcast and he you know ended up writing for things before he died and I, like I, I he was so good at it I used to send him off on these exhibitions. I used to call it his used car salesman bits and I would send him off to like a guy in a bookshop or a waitress or something and just sit back and watch these people be hit with this laser beam of charm and charisma and it was just incredible to watch. I, lo I loved watching him do that. But I I don't that was one thing I always appreciate about Harrison I completely agree with is when he would meet like fans or friends because <laughs> I think there was definitely a character that he had on but it was like when he was, him, was when he was himself um it was it was amazing to see the uh, the the interaction and the reactions of a lot of different people that met him because they're just like holy shit but you never knew because sometimes he could be in a completely different mood but then there were other times like uh, I think there's a listener that commented this uh, Scottish guy who came here with his family and he came met us at Jumbo's and Harrison hated Jumbo's, but uh, he really, I thought Harrison would have loved Jumbo. He see, I he's think... like, he's such an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a vest. That is Harrison. I, yeah. He hated Jumbo's. I think just cause he'd been there so many times and I can understand that it gets a little, gets a little boring overdone after time, after a time. And sometimes like it also became very hip. So maybe that's what, turned him off but anyway we we met up with this he met up with me and the scottish guy at harvard stone and we got wasted wasted this scottish guy was super wasted i had to get up early for work so i left and harrison ended up like helping this guy get home back to his family the guy was so drunk he couldn't even like walk i think he even got sick of the bar because i think they kicked him out and harrison oh. like helped him get We've back to his hotel i know but it just shows you the kind of person he is i mean people have this perception of who harrison was and he was many different things to many different people, but man of many faces. But the one thing he d he did do is he definitely entertained, so it was funny. I think he 
truly believed he deserved something that would routinely make him happy that he could count on I think he struggled with that concept a lot in his life and I was trying to think of a story that um, would summarize all of it of him that I loved and it was a story when I was went to LA to see him and we were driving down the street and I was saying how much it looked like Grand Theft Auto and then he stopped you're gonna see that Kate when you visit it is you'll be like oh I know these these places I recognize that restaurant yeah, from San Andreas. San I've already Andreas, said this yeah. to you a million times. I'm but like, I've driven down these roads. You're gonna, but you're going to have that same uh, feeling of deja vu when you're here. We need reinforcements from the cafe. Feeding. <laughs> like going like 60, 70 miles per hour through this residential street, weaving in and out of parked cars. <laughs> and we were scream singing DMX's X gonna give it to you. And, he, and it was stupid and dangerous. <laughs> And lacked any sense of self-preservation. <laughs> but he did it to make me giggle, to make me smile. And that was him. And I don't believe in an afterlife or spirits or souls, but he will haunt me forever. And I hope he haunts you too. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Catherine, for that. That was that was good. Flong. That was great. Yeah, but it was really that was perfect. Yeah, it was really good. That's why I wanted to start the show with that. So but she definitely knew. I mean, she knew him pretty well. Um, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, I have driven with that guy, and it was you're taking your life into your own hands. Is he worse dude. than you? Are yes. you saying that? Yes, and he was a scary driver. He definitely was. Do you remember? People might remember. Um, God, it was when I lived in K Town. Um, he was like, I don't know how he did it, but he like somehow like backed into the iron gate in our driveway and broke the gate and it was like stuck and it started making this like, people remember the episode, but it started making this like siren sound and like the Korean landlords, it didn't speak any English. were just like sitting there trying to figure it out and he was freaking out and his car, like he had a charger. Yeah. I think he or challenger, Dodge challenger. Um, but it was all banged up cool. and scratched up. Yeah, it was a cool car. But yeah, you're taking your life into your own hands. So I can kind of see that. All right, let's well, play. Well, I uh, can't believe that's you saying it. I'm telling your sister about that. Well, no, I'm a scary driver, but I'm not like, I don't hit things. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> Typ- I'm going to knock on wood, but I don't typically hit things. Um, here's another uh, call from uh, Evil Bunny. Hey, Dee. Hi, Kate. It's Allison. Evil Bunny Allison, Allison in Rhode Island. I just want to send in a little tribute for Harrison. And so I want to say that I'm a latecomer to the podcast, and it was actually Harrison's connection with Rhode Island that brought me into it, for which I am thankful to him. And I I had been hunting around for podcasts, and I, I listened to it, and there was this weird Rhode Island connection, and I could kind of hear it in his accent, and I thought, this is just crazy. Nobody's from Rhode Island. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was really sorry to hear about his death. And I just want to say that sometimes in life you come across these really 
highly creative, madcap, um, interesting people, and Harrison was definitely one of those. And I'm sad to say that those people generally don't last too long on this planet. They often true go and try That's unfortunate, but it's very true. And we should be glad that we met them because they made us think a little differently about things. And um, I'm glad he was part of the show. And um, wherever he is, and or not, or whatever, I hope he's hanging out with um, Sid Barrett. And I think Sid Barrett's one of my favorite people. And the connection's a little bad there. I don't think he rested too much during his life on this planet. Anyway, R.I.P. Harrison. It's um, very sad, but glad to have glad to have been an acquaintance in this life. So keep it sick, keep it wrong, and best to you guys as always. And uh, call back later. Bye. Uh, I love you there, Evil Bunny. Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evil Bunny's great. A couple of emails. Maybe, uh, Kate, you want to read out a couple of emails? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm getting free she- free sheets to the wind, as they say. It might <laughs> sober me up. So we've got the first one, which came from uh, Bridget, which says, sorry to hear about Harrison. Keep it sick and wrong. Life is short. Death is long. So let's pour one out and riff the bong. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that she's the somebody epitaph. who I was like, would listen, would watch Dead Bug Set. <laughs> Uh, this comes from Colin, uh, which is a very British name, Colin. Hey, D, I hope that you're doing okay. I never got the chance to meet ha- Harrison, but I feel that I owe you both for all the hours that you've kept me sane while I was working or in school. Honestly, you have felt worse about this than a lot of people who I actually have met and lost. I'm sure your inbox is flooded, so I'm not expecting a reply. I just wanted to let you know how big of an impact the work you guys did has had on me. And one, one this more. came from Hugh. Um, he sent it on on Facebook and he says, mate, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm thinking of you and Kate. Harrison was definitely one of a kind. He was, I'm listening to his first episode right now and I'm raising a glass in his honor. Take care, mate. You guys are wonderful human beings who bring a ray of sunshine to us degenerates. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, that's the reason why we uh, keep doing the show week in, week out. Um, it's funny to describe Harrison as bringing a ray of sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, I think Harrison would fucking hate to be described (laughs) as that. Um, but he was listening to uh, the uh, the first episode that Harrison was on, so I'm going to play a couple clips here. Um, so this is this is one this is one where uh, Harrison was filling in for Wackerly. So this is before he actually officially was on the show. Um, but this is great. So he, he was talking about being a well, actually, th- he, remember who he was a process server? Do you remember this? I do, because he had a lot of cool stories from his time process serving. Yeah, weird job. So let me, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'll play a bit of it. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. God, I hate that I'm your host tonight, D. Simon. Uh, Wackerly is on vacation this week. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, some people can afford to take a vacation, while other people can't. I'm not going to ma- name any names here. <laughs> Um, Are you having a wine then? Actually, I, I am not even envious of a Wackerly's vacation right now. He has to go with the with the wife's family to like some remote cabin in Montana. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. That voice you just heard over there is uh, Harrison filling in tonight. Um, uh, 
Uh, Andrew Harrison. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta make <laughs> well, No, the you know what? Easiest name in the world to well, remember. When I first met him, it was Andrew. Like I was introduced to him as Andrew, so I'd call him Andrew. But then it's like, no, wait, it's Harrison. You know, it's not. I was actually, I was actually talking about that with Evil Bunny the other day because Harrison is the least likely person to look like an Andrew. You would never look at him and be like, oh, he looks just like an Andrew, but he's a perfect Harrison. Yeah, well, I think he mostly went by Harrison, but uh, uh, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't so, suit the name Andrew. He it took me a Harrison. while because in the beginning I just knew him as Andrew because we used to hang out, and then so I was like, oh, I gotta call him Harrison. There's a few times of that. Um, you were on the show a few weeks ago. We were talking about comics. Yes, you're my indeed. neighbor. You're a processor, and uh, you're filling in tonight. Thank you for doing that. I'm a process server. A process server. Yeah. Yeah, processor would be uh, like processor, a word processor. Yeah, or like if yeah. I process cheese and meats. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're a process server. Yes. That's what you are. Harrison is your DJ name because you uh, also did radio for many years. Yes, I did. You have a way better radio voice than I do. Why? Thank you. Yeah, you do. It's it's got that deep kind of baritone. I got that like nasally whiny Jew voice. I do. Coming up on the hour, it's Norman Greenbaum with Spirit in the Sky. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Isn't that perfect? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, the same show. This is a little bit later. Let me skip ahead. Um, so Harrison was a process server, but you might recall, um, I used to love his uh, stories about this guy, Jellybean. Do you remember this guy? Yeah, I remember him talking about Jellybean. So Jellybean was this like, and there's a lot of people like this in L.A. He's a trust funder. His family, I believe, I might be, I might be mistaken, but I believe he was like, oil money like oil family like one of those rich la families like the gettys or something like that but uh he was i mean crazy rich and so i know he like had a massive trust fund i don't recall how harrison met him but harrison became like his assistant somehow and so this (laughs) this story here of him telling about this is like so classic harrison and he hadn't even joined the show but he was like arranging an orgy for this Jelly Belly or whatever the guy's name was. Jelly Bean. <laughs> Not just uh, like a pansexual <laughs> gangbang. What do you mean pansexual like, uh, gangbang? Men, like, men, women, dwarves. everybody's fucking everybody. No so dwarves. Like, he, he wanted you to step an orgy. Yeah, basically. Where? Uh, logistics here? You know, that was never clear. Um, I had started sort of trying to find people for this to set up this thing to do schedule you, this i thing. mean do you do that kind of thing like if i mean if on a you know short notice you can just go out and call some people hey we're having a big get together at my house no like, you know people that just come over and start fucking uh i don't but the you know there's the internet <laughs> he totally does <laughs> he totally does because he's he doing totally it does. <laughs> got like some people on speed dial yeah, you know, it's probably like, called, you mean like me? <laughs> it's called Bobby Joe and Diana and like, let's get the whole crew. <laughs> Bobby Joe. He's oh, so wait, was he hiring like porn stars? No, no, I was just, he was just like, do it. And I was just going to, you know, get some, <laughs> get some hookers on the internet. And, and, okay, um, so he was going to pay these people. Yeah, he was going to pay them, yeah. Was he videotaping it? Was this like so, to put on the internet? Like, was he making a porn? I don't really think he could get his shit together enough to like get a video camera and not lose it and turn it on. Like, I, he, Where was it going to be? At, like at his house or did he run a venue? He'd probably get a motel room or something. That or a hotel sense. room, or God knows what. Did you get the hint or the idea, the impression that he's done this before? I got the impression that he's done it before. I also got the impression that 
I'm not sure how much money he actually has access to because any sane person would not give him access to any money. Yeah, he probably, you know what probably happens? He probably has to call somebody and like the uh, trustee of the will like gives him out like, an allowance. An allowance, yeah. You know? Because, yeah, I mean, he... he... <laughs> I, I highly doubt he has free access to all the millions of dollars that are in his trust. Think of much I'm money not exactly a Mormon. Had. I'm a decadent person, right? But yeah, this guy, Mr. FetLife over here. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> I, I am a Mormon. So what did, you, did you actually get any hookers to uh, come over to a hotel or were you just like, fuck this, I'm, I'm done? I, no, I started like emailing people and I started setting it up. <laughs> and then I... What do you say in an email? Like, hey, uh, we're having this little get together. Yeah, just, you know... Don't bring any clothes. You don't need them, but bring some condoms. Yeah, they know. They're, they're okay. professionals, you know? <laughs> professionals. <laughs> Bring your butt um, plug. What was the clam the ham ratio? You know, there was supposed to be at least one guy because he <laughs> wanted to like get fucked as well as fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. I like how serious he is, Raul. He's well, like, was... this is just a regular day for me. <laughs> yeah, he never ended up actually. Um, I don't think he ever ended up uh, actually uh, scheduling it. Um, here's a clip from his first episode. So people, that, that was episode 496. That I think was, might've been the right. first time he had actually subbed the show. I think he was on before one time talking about his comics. Uh, but this is actually the, the first show he ever did, the launch of Sigmarong 2.0. Uh, Good evening and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. Uh, this is Sick and Wrong 2.0. That's right. Sick and wrong. Uh, did not really die. Uh, Lance Wackley did retire. Um, he's moved on to bigger and better things. I actually heard from my sister that Lance Wackley has a dog now, a dog named Wayne. And you know what the dog is? A dog is a precursor to a child. I think Wackley is moving on to the next level of life. He doesn't need this juvenile distraction known as podcasting. It's true. So, uh, yeah, we have a new show going One on with a new co-host. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to introduce a new co-host, Harrison, here in the studio. Hey, hey. What's up there, Harrison? <laughs> hey, hey. What's cracking my new co-host of Sick and Wrong? Uh, not too much. I didn't know Lance got a dog. Yeah, you know, I, he, mm. doesn't, he doesn't talk to me really anymore. Mm. Now, now that we don't do the show, we don't talk. And uh, I found out this secondhand through my sister. Uh, she sent me a picture. She's like, I'm at Wackerly's house. Check it out. He's got a dog. I like a puppy. A dog. It's like, you know, you'll either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself treat pets like children. Children. Yeah. What am I, I think that's one of my, the most memorable quotes that Harrison That was also on his secret, secret Twitter. So he must have tweeted that after he'd done that show. He must have been, that is my favorite but, quote from that episode. But that's what I'm saying. It's like these, these like the quick wit. Like you never knew what that guy was going to say. You know, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. He's that. way quicker on his feet than I am. It's like a Pez dispenser filled with Thorazine. Like that's like something like Harrison would say. And I think a lot of people uh, really appreciated that, that, kind of, that kind of humor. I, I definitely think, did. He was very like James Elroy in like a, his type of way as well. He's like got that 1950s detective <laughs> feel to him. He does kind of. It's, it's almost like a transatlantic act. He could do that really well. He was actually, that's another thing. He was great with accents. Um, not Who, all accents. Right. Let, I want to start a competition here. Who is better at the accents, me or Harrison? Well, you, but you, don't, you can't do all the American accents. Like you can do a Bostonian accent. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, if I watch The Departed, I can. The Departed. But I mean, Harrison was really good, like that transatlantic. Yeah, but he's accent. from that part of the world. Yeah, exactly. So that, that is it. That is and it. a New York He's accent and things like, like that. Um, I can do New York, do, honey. I'm really, you got a beautiful baby there. You definitely do a better English accent, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing I think people remember Harrison, the, I guess one of the things that I think is, is most memorable about Harrison is the way he's, he's saying the headlines. Oh, His here it comes. Jingles. Are we going to stop playing the jingle? Yeah, so uh, uh, that listener, what's his name, B-Boy or something? I forget. Or eight bit B boy, something like that. He made a supercut of everyone uh, has been asking for these. Yeah, of all the Harrison's jingles, and I mean, we played them on the show, and I was listening to him again, you know, after uh, hearing the news about Harrison, and I was I was cracking up. It was really funny. So let's let's play a few of these. like an effective technique you're gonna watch roots i'm gonna staple you to a table and you're gonna watch that movie <laughs> <laughs> die in a suitcase die in a suitcase die in a suitcase die die, die. Woman allegedly killed boyfriend by zipping him in suitcase Woman allegedly killed boyfriend by zipping him in suitcase. this could be a nine inch nail song <laughs> you know it sounds like it story have i got a story for you all right my god all right okay um he had a hell of a falsetto <laughs> all right one more one more okay okay friends plot to kill <laughs> her former husband has revealed how she told him about her murderous plans as she lay in his arms after sex. Peculiar post-coital conversation. We had sex, then she asked me to murder her murder ex. I'm going to post the uh, the supercut. On, it's on YouTube. I mean, if you go to the Sick Wrong YouTube channel, you can see it. But I'll post it to um, Patreon. I think it's also public post on Patreon and Facebook. But there, first of all, the, the guy who remixed this, 
He's was, talented. He's exceptionally talented. But the way he captured uh, Harrison's intonation and just uh, just his, his style of singing, <laughs> it was remarkable. Um, really funny, though. And I think a lot of it, it was funny because he was so polarizing with the headline jingle. Some people fucking hated it. Like something like Jojo oh, yeah. Kelly hated the headline jingles. He would like skip through it because he didn't want to hear it because it pissed him off. Whereas other people lived for that. Like they, they were waiting with bated breath to hear what Harrison was going to say. I liked how Harrison hated doing it, but then it became part of his like trope. So he yeah. had to do it. It was like his <laughs> shtick. It's like how Elvis was like, I don't want to sing Hound Dog at the age of 40. And guess what, Elvis? You're singing fucking Hound Dog. Get on the stage, buddy. So uh, I have a few um, phone calls that we did on uh, some episodes. So let me see here. This th- These were a couple moments. I Seriously, people, I just, I didn't know, you know, what there, there were a couple episodes I knew about that I was like targeting, but a lot of these were just random. Like I was sitting there on uh, like Wednesday and Thursday getting stoned and listening to music. And then I was like, all right, let's get some phone calls. And I just kind of randomly just picked through on our SoundCloud. And so some of these were amazing. Uh, this one's really funny. This is, uh, uh, what was it? Episode 599, UK sex story. Typical UK sex story. That is a, a very typical UK sex story. I think a lot of our UK listeners could relate to this sex story because it's probably something they experience on a weekly basis. Okay. Now then, boys. Stu calling from Manchester, UK, and um, long-time listener, and I can genuinely... Wait, is this... This isn't Stuart. Uh, I don't know if this is our... Are you about so-called... to say is Stuart it? Wasky? Yeah, is it? in no way whatsoever have they got anything similar accents, D. All right, all right. This all right. is a Manchester accent. What... Your knowledge of the UK is shocking. Fucking no. Your shocking. Country, your whole country is like the size of fucking Michigan. Well, like, you should I, know, I know it really well then, shouldn't you? <laughs> I've been listening since around episode 50 not 100% but I have listened to a, a, a great big slice so I'm, I'm quali- I feel myself qualified to uh... do you think this guy when he gets really drunk starts screaming Wonderwall <laughs> like singing on top of his lungs and his wife gets all pissed off just shut up I fucking hate that bloody song yeah, yeah. Uh, English accent so. was just as good back then comment on the show i've got a good headline uh, i've got a good line for you a uh, tombstone harrison baby you're gonna be the one that saves me Shut up. Yeah. harrison he was a good bloke quite funny just not wackily and that isn't your fault just a little i'm sure harrison would want that on his uh tombstone <laughs> Just not wackily. Not wh- Here lies see- Harrison. He just wasn't <laughs> he just wackily. Just was not wack. You're a good bloke, but you're just not wackily. Uh, but that that kind of showed. It was really funny about that too, because when Harrison took over, there's a lot of just the haters came out. All the haters. Same, same deal when you took over. Do you know what? My I'm gonna totally put on my tombstone. Um, I stopped listening the day Harrison left. <laughs> it's like should- a George Jones song. <laughs> I stopped listening the day Harrison. I think left. yours would be like. Kay Rambo, she's a good slag, just not Wackerly or Harrison. <laughs> I can't stand these female voices. Bring back yeah. the boys. <laughs> but what was funny about it, you had all these haters that listened to the show for a long time. And they would ring in and be like, fuck Harrison, he's not Wackerly. Wackerly's way better. It's just like, shut up. And, and Harrison bit his tongue. 
for like a year. He didn't say anything. And after a year, he's like, fuck you. Yeah, I mean, there's a turning point where he's just like, Harrison fuck you. Mean to yeah, he like fans. lost patience with it completely. Like it was a year, a year of podcasting till he was like, fuck you. Um, you know, but, but anyway, that's funny. Um, Ed's up for you. You know, streetwise, as you like to let on. And sometimes you sound like a retard. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do. All right. I fully I admit that. For a See, this is constructive criticism. Yeah, you know? yeah, Other yeah, people yeah. shouldn't should <laughs> take note, please. I've got a quick story for you uh, to beat the, uh, the daft pleb who rang in with his mate's story to, to speak in first person and tell you the story. Um, is it another one of those things where he's telling someone else's story through the... I think he's prefacing by saying, yeah, I'm, this is one of my mates who I'm going to do in first person, but it's okay. him. This happened to him. Okay. Totally Guaranteed. did. Jesus Christ. Everybody's Christopher Nolan calling yeah. in with these storytelling techniques. I had a bird on one night, it's going to go down on her. Um, I get hold of her feet to pull her forward. She'd been to the toilet previously. Yeah, um, I grab her ankles, scooch her forward on the bed um, to get her to the edge of the bed so I can kneel down in front of her. As I do that, I see behind. Can you scooch forward, love? <laughs> I'm sure this guy is an expert at cunnilingus. Mm, yeah. And uh, the longest skid mark from the pillow end. Oh, <laughs> come on. And she laid a fresh, fresh skid mark. I couldn't contain myself. I began to laugh. She looked behind, saw what she'd done, and left. And I still haven't spoke to her to this day. Cheers, guys. I'm not going to say keep up the good work. Harrison, top yourself. You does not wackily. <laughs> Harrison, what yourself? Toss yourself. Okay. Top yourself. Um, Wait, what did you say? Top yourself? Top yourself. Do you know what that means? No, I thought you said toss. No, top yourself. It means kill yourself. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. There are so many haters in uh, the beginning, but then they grew to love him, and you could see that. You know, the, I mean, I'm not going to be able to definitely see that. Well, I'm not going to be able to play all the phone calls we got put that way. I'm going to play some on the second show, which will be public, but we're going to probably do the overflow. But um, anyway, this is funny. The, listen to what Harrison said. That means. I bet you. you this guy. Yeah. This guy's still at a boner. <laughs> yeah, I think probably. I mean, if she didn't freak out about mm -hmm. the skid mark, I bet you he's still at a boner. Yeah. Yeah, he was wow. laughing. That's crazy that that would happen. So the girl wouldn't use the shitter, took a shit at his house. Yeah. Didn't she wipe her ass? Like, have you ever done that before having sex with a dude? Just to, when just dropped a fucking <laughs> log? Why do you think I would have done that? <laughs> no, Why do you I'm think just... I specifically would have done something like that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying... When if if you had to shit, would you just not go to the guy's house? Like, I Can you remember there's that urban myth about the girl who really had to take a shit and she's on a date at his house and the toilet doesn't work, so she oh, picks yeah, out toilet. her turd and puts it in like her bag and <laughs> then it's in like, her bag all night. Yeah, it's that urban myth. No, it's never happened to me, D. Ever. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I'm sure this has happened a lot in the north of England. If I know I'm going to get head that night off a bloke, well, sometimes it happens where you meet somebody in the pub and then you get head, but you can be drunk and you don't give a shit. But if I know I'm going to get head that night, then I probably won't shit all day in anxiety because I'm going to get head. You but know if you're I mean? at the bar, though, and you got to shit, would you like shit at the bar rather than have, blowing up his bathroom? I have fears about shitting in public. So if I can avoid shitting in public, I just, my body just like clams up. I just like tighten up. I just think clam. it's funny that she's just like, I'll be right back. I've got to use the toilet. The lavatory. Like Excuse me, bong. sir. Can you point me to your WC? 
<laughs> you know, she was probably wasted too. Forgot to wipe her ass. Probably. I mean, I, I, I he's know, a good spot though. You he's know, laughing I mean, about it. So to me, that shows that he doesn't necessarily. So, so, or care. sometimes maybe not enough. You know, some girls. Sometimes wipe, you got to do it like a lot. Some girls right. wipe back to front though, and that can cause some complications. You can't. <laughs> Nobody does that. Get out of here. No. I'm so fucking retarded. I really am. That's I'm, how. That's how fresh happens though. Some girls do wipe back to front. No way. I've never met a girl that wiped back to front. Some girls fucking do because they're like miseducated, and that's how fresh. That's how you get fresh. Take it from Cave Rambo. Do not. I've wipe never had fresh back to front. I've had a uh, multitude been... of STDs and abortions, but I've never had fresh. This guy, yeah. a drink. He'd probably drink enough uh, mm. fucking wife beaters that he wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah, he'd been like, ah, oh, you left the skid mark. It's yeah. right next to my skid mark. Well, once we beta test the speculus, we should really have a better <laughs> idea on how this stuff works. Would you have cared if that happened to you? You know what? I might have been like, hey, you know, maybe let's do this another time. <laughs> would it have killed the mood? <laughs> I feel like it might have. Yeah. So, I mean, would you have hung out with her again? Would you have made her leave? Would you have changed the sheets? Like, Is it my have... house? Yeah. Like, let's oh. say you brought a bird back to your house. Okay, okay. You're about to go down on her. You slide Depends her on if she's cool, you know? If she's cool... I, I'll, she just you know. fucking left a skid mark in your bed. How cool could she be? She could be kind of cool. You don't know. You know? <laughs> if she was just like, best that's of fucking punk rock. I mean, some chicks Shit are just mark. fucking drunk a lot, you know? And that kind of shit happens. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying, would yeah. you be willing to let it go and just kind of be like, all right, that's, that happens. Shit happens. Let's go have sex on the couch. Not that evening. <laughs> no. No, no, no. It's over for that evening, you know? I would not. I would have been laughing, and that yeah. would have been like, that's fucking gross. Yeah. I need to go have a shot and mm. uh, probably smoke some weed. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I would not be... I probably wouldn't be laughing. I'd probably be like... <laughs> I would have been laughing I wash my shock. sheets like once a month, lady. You know what I mean? You're fucking up my whole schedule now. Yeah, but would you... If I knew I was going to get a girl home, I probably would have washed my sheets that day. Right. So no, that's been, true. I would have yeah. done that. Yeah, I right. probably would have... So so funny. Um, I got another call. Well, I got another couple clips, but let's play some phone calls. Uh, not sure how yeah. we're doing on time here, but you who called well, who in? Cares? Okay, all right. Uh, you know who? Yeah, it might be a super long episode. Um, who called in with actually a, a very poignant message? Glasgow Greg. Difficult to understand. Oh. Also, not no. like a he's a relatively recent listener of uh, uh, to the show, but he like wrote a poem. For Harrison, so let me let me play this. Hey, second wrong, Glasgow Greg here. Just phoning in to offer my my deepest sympathies to to Harrison and and all his family. And, and I gotta say, I love the way the Scots pronounce Harrison. 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 And yeah, I love the way they, they, they and they roll the R's. I think it, I think yeah. it's Hens and. Well, everybody that knew the guy. Um, I really didn't get much involved in the show when, when you, Dean Harrison were doing it. Obviously because they wouldn't fucking understand me. But uh, <laughs> the guy had... It is nice to have a translator for the uh, Scottish people. Well, it's obvious intelligence. Um, an awesome fucking radio voice, man. You know, it's just uh, real fucking sad. So, uh I penned a little something for him here. Dust and ash will ever last 
with no memory of the past. Present conscience is a shackle, a lifelong sentence you'll have to tackle. A painful existence you shall undertake, afore you're undertaken to my gate. Empires divide, worlds evolved, dust and ash will remain when this earth dissolves. Sleep well, Harrison, son. I hope you light up the fucking skies wherever you go, my man. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. I like that one. Was that kind of that. cool? So yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was listening through the calls, and I was like, wow, that one's actually pretty impressive. So thank you, Glasgow Greg, for that. Um, here's a long-time uh, listener of the show. I think he's listened for years. Uh, good old Waxer. He calls in about Harrison. Hey, guys, this is Waxer. I just read the terrible news about Harrison. I am shocked, gutted. I can't think of words. He was a really great guy. I really found him really hilarious and his super deep dark humor was right up my street um i just don't know what to say i'm sure of all the uk listeners we're all gutted right now you know so i will be raising the graph to him at some point this week um i've got nothing else to say so it'll be sorely missed love all you guys uh d you and kate i hope you guys are really good and uh yeah i'm sorry that you had to share that news all right man take it easy peace a lot of people were gutted, you know, it, it was, I mean, it was, I was, I was conflicted about like, oh God, I feel weird. I, I hate posting shit like that on social media, but it's the only way to really get the message out, you know, and, and I had been told a while ago, like I was told probably a few, couple weeks in advance, um, but then I was asked not to say anything about it, you know, in respect to his family, because I mean, it's a messy thing when people die, believe me, I've had to deal with this. Oh um, man, yeah, the, everything it, comes out. It sucks. It? Well, you find out who your true friends are too. And it, it, it it's very revelatory because about who the, who this person was, and um, but also like what they've left behind. And that's the thing. Like I remember my, my fucking dad when he died. It took like over a month to fix all that shit and deal with his lawyer and and like everything. It, it was it was very complicated. I was much younger when my mom died, but I mean even then that was also. You know, it was a mess. And my friend Kessler, you know, it, with uh, uh, Andrew, Andrew's fr- or Harrison's friend had to kind of deal, deal with the same thing I had to do with Kessler. It's like go over to, uh, to, to New York and deal with his, uh, some of his cleaning up of his house and things like that. Um, and it's, it's difficult. It is very trying. And I think when I announced it on Facebook, I mean, I was, I was like, God, I hate oversharing sharing stuff like this on Facebook. But I was like genuinely overwhelmed by, by the response from everybody. Actually, made yeah, me feel a lot I was better. Too. Yeah, and I sent, I screen capped and sent it to his his friend Jared, and I hope his family because it's the thing. Harrison's family was on the show. I mean, his sister was on the show. His bio biological dad was on the show. Uh, his biological brother, like his stepbrother, was on the show, and so I hope they got to see this and you know see how how much he really was adored by by our fans, listening audience. Um, let's. Uh, I was going to say before you continue on, I've got a message from Twisted Firestar. I wanted to read out. Oh, I got a call from him too. Actually, let's let's do oh. the message. Yeah, do the message. Do you want the the message? What if he just says the same thing though? All right, well, let's play I the loved, call uh, first. Well, yeah, play his call because I love Twisted Firestarter. Yeah, Twisted Firestarter is uh, he's another longtime listener. Um, you know, going back to like uh, the early episodes, I found like some of the early calls from Twisted Firestarter. Um, that guy's been listening for years. He was a big fan of Harrison. This is the Twisted Firestarter speaking. Rest in peace, Harrison. Um, D, it's like you said, uh, 
you know, you, you always expect this day to come, but then it still shocks you when it does come. Um, I, I'm not on your social medias and all that. Um, so I, I, I first found out about it when you mentioned it on the podcast and I, I listen to podcasts whilst I'm out driving my truck on my deliveries. And yeah, it, it actually put me in a bit of a bad mood for the rest of the day. Um, and I don't normally give a shit about people when they die, but yeah, this one is, is a bit upsetting. I've been listening to the podcast since the late 400s, so Arison's been my main co-host, really. Um, he was actually... Yeah, that was like the tail end of the Wackerly years, and Harrison took over like 501. I've only been Harrison years. Sorry, Wackerly. I'm Never sure went Wackerly's back to Wackerly years. Not that he cares. I'm going to listen to the archives when I finished From the Ville. Still haven't finished From the Ville, but mental. I have a handful of episodes You're left. mental. I don't think I could ever listen to those again. <laughs> who who gave me the name twisted firestarter uh, i think when the first time i rang up he called me harry potter and i wasn't very <laughs> impressed with that one so I, I didn't latch on to it and then the second time he uh, he said that i sounded like the guy from the prodigy which I, and you know did a bit of twisted firestarter, firestarter. and yeah. i was like okay i'll, I'll have it then cheers boy um i, I have got a, a request for a harrison clip i i remember i, I can i'm only i can only really half remember it um I smoke a lot of weed, so my fucking mind's <laughs> shot now. So I, I hope you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I, I, I remember he, he went to some mountain or something somewhere where there was like a load of tunnels in there where the lizard people lived. And um, he, he, he conducted some incisive investigative journalism and then capped it all off at the end with a trap song about the lizard people <laughs> that he wrote and performed uh, just to prove that anyone can do trap music. It. And D, if, if you're able to find this clip, I, I'd actually quite like to hear that song as Song of the Week. Um, that's all I have to say. Goodbye, Harrison. I really enjoyed listening to your shit, and I'm genuinely sad that you're gone. Cheers. Thank you there, uh, Twisted Firestarter. You know, I should have listened to this call and <laughs> found that fucking song. Yeah, because I, I, I was like, we've got to put his little alien rap in there where he's doing his whoop whoops. Yeah, I'm going like... to have to. No, he did a few songs. and They might even be on our YouTube page. I, sh I should look for it. The but, other uh... thing I wanted, and I couldn't find it. I don't know if he deleted it or if it was on the sick and wrong because he hid it. He made a load of stuff private. Was um, when he went on his vision quest. Remember, that's when he went on that, and that's when he decided he would move to LA. Was after this vision quest. Was that when he was did ayahuasca? Video. Is that when he did ayahuasca? I think it was, yeah. But he was out in like he went with a bunch of like other hippie type people, and they the guide like left them. For, I think it was like seventy two hours outside. No, no, but no, they no. came back every day to meet up and make sure nobody had died. He went on one, it, like he went on a weird like ayahuasca trip, but then he did another one in the desert. I think that's what you're talking about. He was in the desert, I think like the Palm Desert over here or something, something like that, Death Valley or it was something. Before, yeah, before he'd moved to LA. Yeah, I think he went out there and he did this like with a group. And uh, trip. you know what's kind of funny, just a quick aside, I was talking to uh, Harrison's friend uh, recently uh, about everything. And uh, he told me, this is such a Harrison thing too. He said the last time he, not the last time he saw him, but it was like maybe a week before the final time he saw him. He's like, he was in this great mood. And uh, he was like, really? What's going on? He was like, I was just in a, he's like, I just went through a treatment with this witch in Santa Monica where she gave him like poisonous toad venom. And I guess it made him really sick. 
for like three or four days. He stayed there, stayed at her house, this witch's house, this Mexican, like a, a Mexican witch in Santa Monica. Stayed at her house, and he said, "I'm a new person now." And uh, like that's how cult start Harrison. Well, I mean, he probably could have been a good cult leader, actually. But well, he, no, you've definitely said before. But I mean, he is now part of a cult because she'll be like, "Come back next time, and I'll heal you of more well, stuff." Well, and before I, you know it, they've got all your money. But that's the thing. I think this guy was just on this endless quest to cure his depression and cure his demons, rid himself yeah, like of his Catherine demons. Said. He like, just wanted exactly to, like the Catherine said. Of pleasure, darling. So when he told me this, I was just like, God, I am not surprised that that dude went to a fucking witch in Santa Monica, poisoned himself with like toad venom, and then tripped his balls off for three days at her house. Like, not surprised at all. It's, it's such a Harrison thing to do. Um, all right, where was I here? We got, we got a couple more. Oh, yeah, this is, this is uh, actually, I was, it's going to be a good lead-in. So one of our favorite callers, me and Harrison, was uh, FM, Fearful Mess. One of mine. I love and, FM. Yeah. And so I'm going to play, FM called in with a very heartfelt message uh, to Harrison. Oh, this is a great picture if you're watching a live stream. Um, this is, we went to, when we were in Edinburgh, we went out drinking during the day before the show. And uh, we went, I, I remember because I had been to Edinburgh before and I went to this like Frankenstein bar. People that live there in Scotland would know what I'm talking about. Like they actually have like a Frankenstein, like a, like the Bride of Frankenstein set. And she comes out in a coffin and like sits up. And I knew Harrison loved Frankenstein. Loved Frankenstein. That was like one of his, he loved classic like uh, universal monsters, but uh, it was Frankenstein in particular that he liked a lot. And so we went to this bar and I, I got this cool picture of, of the giant Frankenstein and Harrison standing next to him like scared. I think he probably enjoyed Frankenstein because they're both like really tall. That's as simple I, as it gets. I think he identified with Frankenstein. You know, that's one of the worst books I've ever, ever read. It's so boring. Me and Harrison would have argued about this. It's so boring. I love the story of Frankenstein, but yeah. I like the, the story. The book is pretty dry. We all like the story, the but have you ever dry. read the book? It's fucking boring. I have, boring. but I mean, it has, it's been years. Anyway, uh, here's Fearful Mess calling in about Harrison. Uh, hello. Um, this is FM uh, calling in. Uh, I figured I would call in, especially when I heard the uh, recent uh, sad and tragic news about Harrison. I don't really know how to feel at this point. It's numb and it's a hollow, I guess, kind of emptiness in the chest hearing about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm really uh, going to miss him. Definitely. Uh, what I really am going to miss about Harrison is that he was one of the first people that actually, I guess, gave me a chance if you will. I can remember the fact that I, when I first saw Sick and Long, and I was going through most of, of my early um, days in uh, college and not really caring, uh, him and also UD were one of the first people to actually, I guess, get me to work up the, I guess, the chutzpah, if you will, to... Is he saying chutzpah? The chutzpah. I thought or did he say the guts too? Yeah, I don't know what he meant. But, you know, it's true, though, because I'm going to play a clip of his first call that I, <gasps> I found. Awesome. And uh, it is funny because, I mean, I remember I remember this clearly because Harrison and I were cracking up because it was really funny. Uh, but FM has changed quite a bit over the years of listening to the show. And I think Harrison was integral to that change. 
I mean, me too. I played a part, but Harrison was very supportive. Like, I'm kind of a dick, and I'll say, like, get a hooker, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll say st- stupid shit like that, but Harrison yeah, actually... You don't support FM like I feel like me and Harrison support no, FM. I, I support FM, and I encourage his endeavors. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the fact that he's, like, you know, overcoming his fears and intimidation of, 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 you know, going out in public and things like that. But, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, you know I, have a, I have a very um, juvenile attitude <laughs> perspective towards life. Also, I, I, you know, say a lot of stupid jokes. Um, but Harrison actually offered, you know, useful advice. Like meaningful advice, because deep down inside, the guy cared about people. He really did. Actually, yeah, especially FM. Force my voice and myself just out into the world instead of just uh, keeping it in, like a lock and a key in a Coke bottle. And I guess it was fun to be able to have people, even if they were laughing, it was sort of like laughing, like you said earlier, D, uh, laughing with you, not at. And it was a lot of good memories, like how you and Harrison would always give such wonderful advice, even if it was, I guess, half-tinged in in comedy and things that I never really (laughs) felt like I could even have one-tenth the courage to do. Or just being able to hear his little little ditty that he gave for me when you guys decided to let me call in at the Christmas special. Um, oh my god do you remember that that was great yeah I love that Christmas special on FM because like, one of the things I admire about FM is like he's I'm like me you Harrison are all no people we say no in fact out of me you and Harrison the person who's most likely to say yes is you me and Harrison have been like nah I'm not doing that whereas you're more likely to be like yeah I'll do it I'll do this I'll go here FM is yes to everything he's well, a yes especially guy. now but uh, god, that, that was so funny though because we called him up and uh, it was a very soft and warm moment because he was like so into he's, he he's is so, so into, into Christmas. The holi- all the holidays. Yeah. He is a yes guy for them. He decorates his house. He makes certain food. He spends I mean, days preparing cook. meals. Yeah, he's a great cook. So he's super into it. But it's a very soft and warm holiday episode. I guess I'm trying to make a long story short to say that I'm I'm going to miss his type of morose comedy. He was also one of the people that got me deeper into things like Lovecraft or Lovecraftian things, especially finding out the fun fact that he named his cat after a slur, a slur that I will obviously not name on this phone call because that's <laughs> very disrespectful. And not really you should have said history. it, FM. You're allowed but to say it. Nevertheless, I just wanted to let it be known that he was one of the real ones, and I can probably tell you that he is going to be missed by me and hopefully by others and that wherever he is and whatever he believes in he can keep it sick and keep it wrong forever we'll drink to that there fm yeah it was a great call thank you FM. Yeah. um yeah so anyway I, I looked i looked through uh some of the uh the old episodes and i found his first call um this is great it's really funny okay let me play it here uh the first call is from a uh Actually, he's the first-time caller here that likes the show. Okay. First time uh, Hello, this is uh, my first ever sick and wrong uh, <laughs> return. I figured I would try and make my first be a very sappy uh, intro to my name's Eric, and 
I figured I'd just call to the podcast to say uh, how I forgot his name is Eric. I appreciate the kind of God. Who does this guy sound like? I don't know, but I I can tell that he he uses a cigarette holder. I feel like. <laughs> um, <laughs> he uses a cigarette. Yeah, he smokes with a cigarette holder after he takes his Thorazine. I, I, I thought tell he sounded like John Cusack for some reason. Mm. It's probably not uh, John Cusack. But maybe. Okay. Yeah. John Cusack uses a cigarette holder. Mm. Uh, content that you deliver. I'm nothing really special. I'm just a anxiety riddled, twenty-three-year-old piece of shit with no real things going on in his life. Never. Jesus, don't be so hard on yourself there, yeah. John Cusack. No real things going on. Yeah, no, he's just an anxiety-ridden piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not. Anything worthwhile. No, and I think he came to realize that. Or did drugs or anything. Very. Well, start. Uh, yeah, you're 23, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You got plenty of time to smoke and do drugs, get yeah. hookers, whatever. Yeah, your 20s are for fucking off, you know? You know, if you learned anything from this show, you should learn to... Yeah, here's some great advice from D. Simon right here. Like, I was listening to this, I'm like, like <laughs> some great advice. I agree with Harrison's, your 20s are for fucking off. Well, here's, here's my advice. Yeah. At least until it becomes an issue and then you have to stop. You're forced yeah. to stop so you, right. you know, don't go to prison or lose your job or something. But Yeah, no, it's like, it's like as you get older, you just have to stop stuff. So you might as well do stuff now. You yeah, know. Harrison. You, Eventually, you... you won't even be able to. <laughs> Harrison. Like Brimley, you won't even be able to eat ice cream. You know. I'm thinking it was like probably about maybe I was 17 when I realized that drugs. It was a very good year. Yeah. Well, I think it was 17 <laughs> that I realized maybe 16 when I realized that drugs make or break my good time. Okay. Did you? When did you come to that conclusion? What are you talking about? If I didn't have drugs, it's done. I'm done. I don't even care. No. Like I'd oh, rather I stay at home. And it's like, I think then I realized like drugs just make everything better. <laughs> yeah. I think it was around 16 or 17. Yeah, a very healthy outlook on life. Wire them all the time. But yeah, there was a, you know. There was a time when like I wouldn't go see a movie unless I was high. I said. Actually, I still won't go see a movie unless I'm high. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it just became like I just did everything high. You know, I was mm -hmm. high on something. And I did, I just realized that. So this and I was seventeen. So this guy's twenty three. Yeah, sure, I had six years on you, but you got plenty of time to abuse narcotics. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you go, FM. Come on. Plenty of time to do heroin. <laughs> Very hard of speaking and basically isolated to the point where I talk to myself more than I talk to other people in my family. Well, I do and that I now. It would be good if I. Uh, what are you talking about? Join the, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like 23 yeah. year old Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go back in time and make this call? Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I sounded like. Yeah. At 23. Yeah. What do you talk about with yourself? I sounded like fucking uh, white trash Crispin Glover. <laughs> um, <laughs> he looks like white trash Crispin well, Glover. If you have a pet, you don't have to talk to yourself. That's what That's this guy needs. True. You need yeah. a fucking guinea pig. Then you're just there, talking, buddy. you know, you're a pet. There's but, a pet. Uh, yeah, when I didn't have a pet, I still talked to my goddamn self. Do you, you know? talk in the mirror or do you just talk to yourself while you're walking around? Both. Um, 
Not in the mirror. I'm not a fucking. Did you ever yeah, have not a supervillain? I don't even talk to myself in the mirror. I talk to myself as I walk around the apartment. You know, like all like like anyone who's you know seen a live stream of the show. All the stuff I like babbled myself. Like if he's not in the room or whatever. Meow 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 meow. Do you remember that? Did you ever have an imaginary friend when you were a kid? Yeah, I used to live with you. He go like bippity bippity boppity pee. Like it would just yeah, when he was like, scatting. Yeah, he would like scat, and it was just like, "What are you doing?" He would what we because I mean he would fucking take like an hour to set up the fucking cameras that he that we got for the live stream. He'd be like, "Bippity cuppity, bippity bippity." You're just like, <laughs> see, my version of Harrison scatting is whistling. I am a fantastic oh, you do. whistler. You, you are a good. Whistler, I whistle actually. all day long. No yeah. one knows how strong my whistling powers are, apart from Chi-Chi. And if you think Kate's voice is annoying, you should hear her whistle. I'm a great whistler. Don't <laughs> listen to Dean. I think I've discussed him on the show a few times. Roscoe, the the hermit hermit caveman. Hmm. Yeah. Roscoe. That he was, was actually that was a his guy childhood friend was from this like weird ass children's TV show from from England from like the 80s called like The Children of the Stones or like. The stones of the children something, you know? Wait, Jimmy Savile? <laughs> no. <laughs> Asshole. So wait, what did yeah. Roscoe look like a caveman or could you not see him? No, I just, I didn't, I called him a caveman because he lived in a cave and oh. I didn't really fully understand uh, that that was a racial slur. <laughs> Is this really Sonny Bean? It's an ethnic slur. <laughs> yeah. um, no, he wasn't a lawyer, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the show was his name was Roscoe. The guy in the show, oh. and he was just some kind of weird hermit that could do like you know, that was like a shaman or something, and he knew magic. Oh, but okay. uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. This guy's cool. He lives in a cave. He's a caveman. And then I think I just transposed him into reality, and I made him my imaginary friend. Okay, I, I guess I was getting confused with the, this caveman that was unfrozen and became a lawyer. All right, you know, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if the kids are gonna get you really with it. Early '90s <laughs> SNL references. Yeah, a great reference on There's my part. There's a lot part. of Phil Hartman fans out there. Yeah, okay. Don't get yeah. them wrong. So, when did you stop talking to Roscoe? Like three years ago? Um. Yeah. Yeah. We uh <laughs> we went our separate you ways. Went your separate ways. Yeah. At the age of what? Thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you well, stole my Adderall, and that was it. Get <laughs> like, right out of my house! Yeah, yeah, back to your cave, Dick. Oh god. Okay, well let's uh, let's get back here to. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, my name is Hans, and I'm Franz, and we're going to pump you up. <laughs> Swing. Yeah. All right. You said how much I appreciate. Oh god. People that like you laugh. giving a separate perspective for more people like. Uh, people like me who don't really have an outside one that isn't. Oh, why can't you not be a not be a fearful mess whenever you try to talk to somebody? <laughs> That's where his you... name came from. He christened himself. <laughs> uh, a fearful mess is something I have been many, many, many times in I was, my life, and it, I, no, I don't oh think I've God. ever described it like that. But that's kind of the perfect. That's, point. that's very an apt description. Believe me, we're all fearful messes. Yeah, <laughs> it'll this be like true. I'm, I'm trying to it, it, get like detergent at Ralph's, <laughs> and I could definitely be described as a fearful mess. <laughs> you know.
<laughs> yeah, that's why you don't leave your home. Uh, what was this thing he said? He was a separate perspective. I guess we that, give that's them a, a good title for my uh, my manifesto when I inevitably <laughs> fucking go bananas. A Your separate perspective. I bet he wrote. I know. One. I just I'm like just while I'm oh, listening yeah. to this call, I'm just hoping this guy doesn't have firearms. Mm. Don't get firearms there, buddy. Get a get an imaginary friend instead. I used to be a fearful mess, <laughs> but now then I have an got, AK-47. Then I got a separate <laughs> perspective. It could also be a talk show I host. Ooh, I, I actually I kind of like that. I could see that like a public access show. This is a separate perspective, and I am Harrison. I'm your fearful mess, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should get on your business cards. Hi, fearful mess here. That's, I'm gonna make shirts of that. Yeah. Just I don't know. We should not, make a fearful mess shirt. Not. I was say we, uh, we should. Like a, like I'm gonna work on that. Like that. And there's a lot of things that I could potentially tell you about, but I figured I might not as well waste any, anybody's time. So I figured... No, I want to hear from you again. <laughs> I think <laughs> instead really... of talking to yourself, call the sick wrong hotline because this is amazing. Yeah, it sounds like he, like, you know, averts his eyes from anyone. Like he's, like he's Igor or something, you know? I just yeah. see him like just kind of staring at the ground, avoiding people, and just be like, "I'm please, a fearful mess." Please, so I can talk to people. Can I have a biscuit? No, don't beat me. No, <laughs> you know, like that's what he makes it sound like. I, th you know, honestly, I think this guy's great. This guy's I think great. Amazing. I think you know, seriously, you should be. I almost would like like to see a whole stand-up act. I don't think it would happen because he's a fearful mess. But fearful messes make great stand-up comedians. They do. It is they do. That's true. What, what do you say? He's like, he's like I, I revert my eyes like some kind of loser. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I oh love God. this guy. I God. love this guy, too. We got to come up with a good name for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Travis Bickle, but we could come up with something no, better than that. Fearful better. mess. Yeah. Duh. I just say that there are a lot of people like me who I feel are very uh, gracious. And I'm <laughs> a lot of gracious people out there. Oh. Actually, I think there should That's be. That's why more. you should never look them in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, why don't we just call him Fearful Mess? All right, that's, that's, yeah. we're, he is Fearful Mess. Okay. FM. Yeah. That's, that's that when he got the name. I can listen and make my worthless days a little bit brighter. Trying to work on my future. His, so, days? His, his worthless days a little oh. bit brighter while he's trying to work on his future. <laughs> you know what? I thought he said dwarf-esque. <laughs> I don't think this guy's a dwarf. My dwarf-esque days. No, spiritually dwarfed. You know? I, yeah, metaphorically dwarfed. I see this guy being a supervillain. Oh, yeah. he's No, he's definitely the guy where it's like, you know, he, he gets you know, hit with the chemicals or something, and then he makes everyone pay. Yeah, he's you know? going to be like, uh, um, uh, what's his name in uh, Unbreakable? <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. That's kind of what I'm picturing. Michael Jackson. Samuel Jackson's character in Unbreakable. Michael Jackson was not be like, a, like a radioactive act. That movie would have been a hell of a lot better if Michael Jackson wasn't Well, it would have been a hell of a lot noncier. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's gonna <laughs> everyone's going to pay. Yeah. Wow. I don't have to look away at them anymore because I took out all their eyes. <laughs> they won't look away from me. Yeah. Keep it sick, keep it wrong, and 
Oh my god, that was that was I forgot how amazing that call was. But it was FM has grown and changed so much for that sigh at the end. I mean, people that have been listening to the show for X amount of years or whatever, a full transformation of character. FM. And I mean if if Harrison and I played any kind of role in that, yeah, I mean I think that's you awesome. Definitely did. But I, I know I think that it's awesome. Harrison I still always support said that, that FM was one of his favorite callers. Now, Harrison did say that. Yeah, he was he was one of the best. Let's read a couple emails, and then I have a really funny clip. Um, I have a really funny clip, and people might remember this. When I was talking about how Harrison ruined Lenora's birthday party with this crazy chick. Do you remember this one? Can I just say, I've I've had free beers, so I have to go to the toilet now. It's been like two hours, so I need to... I need to you know what? All right. I'm going. I'm going gonna... to... Go to the toilet. I'm going to play a uh, an ad here. People might remember this oh, ad. Okay, I'm going. Yeah. So let's take a, uh, you know what they call it at work? They call it a bio break. Let's take a bio break. I love how they do that. It's like, let's end the minute. Let, let's start the meeting five minutes later so you can have a bio break. It's like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, people go take a bio break and uh, you can listen to this uh, this uh, this ad here. People might remember this one. It's actually applicable because Valentine's Day is coming up. You can make this Valentine's Day one that you'll both never forget with this amazing offer from AdamandEve.com. Through Valentine's Day, you'll receive 50% off just about any item. Just go to AdamandEve.com and you'll find over 18,000 adult entertainment products, including toys, lingerie, and a seemingly endless selection of adult DVDs. And there's more. With every order, you'll receive our romance kit free. Our romance kit includes a toy for him, a special massager for her, and a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus a free adult DVD to put you in the mood. And that's not all. Oh, no. We'll also throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special Valentine's offer. Get 50% off one item, a free romance kit, and free shipping when you enter offer code DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E. That's DIDDLE at adamandeve.com. So we got a few emails. Kate, you're going to read out a couple emails, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this clip from an earlier episode of uh, how Harrison ruined um, Lenore's birthday party. <laughs> He didn't ruin it. It wasn't him. It was the girl he brought with him on a date. We got a message from Down Under. This is from Paul in Australia who says, Hey, Dee, just a quick message to send my love and hope you're going okay. The sad news is it's all terribly hard. I spent yesterday listening to episode 79. Yourself and Harrison were full of laughs and good spirits. It's strange listening to old episodes now. Um, Kate's mum rang in for advice on the dog getting in the way of their lovemaking. You're saying how you'd never get married and Harrison filling in the gaps. Your show, if you were unaware, gives so much to so many. You and Kate are fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Really hope you're going, really hope you're going okay. That's so Australian. Hope you're going okay. Hope you're going okay. Good on you, Paul. Thank Uh, you, man. Todd on Facebook says, hey, man, I just wanted to reach out. I hope you're doing all right after what's happened this week. You were so patient with him over the years. It must be pretty rough at the minute. I wish you all the best. I think the last show and the last call he took was one of mine, I think, and I wish he could have figured it all out. You guys had some amazing shows together. The fisting fest one sticks out. Can you remember that? 
I, I think that was yeah. We had um, we had his friend on uh, Jonesy, who wrote uh, wrote the book about fisting and about like uh, it was about like the 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 gay scene back in like the late seventies, early eighties, L.A. and how he would like you know have fisting parties. I mean, it was very graphic. Um, the only guy, thing I can think of though. when you say Jonesy is Sophie's cat. <laughs> it's just the picture that comes to my mind is Sophie's cat. He wrote yeah, this then, book about fisting. Oh, that guy, yeah, that, no, that guy was great. It was funny. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he yeah, continues well, Mar- on. He says, for some reason, though, there was an episode you guys did about Lindsey Graham at the Brett Kavanaugh trial, and you guys were rolling around laughing, saying stupid shit like, this isn't a court case, this is hell. And I'm <laughs> mad than, I'm madder than a cat factory full of rocking chairs. You've got to do it, dude. You do the best, Lindsey Graham. Do, well, you remember that was like uh, during that, uh, the hearing on uh, Brett Kavanaugh because he was uh, being accused of um, sexual harassment or something. Um, the guy's a dick anyway. But yeah, Lindsey Graham is just like, this isn't a court case, this is hell. <laughs> yeah. just like, but Mad I remember we just went on and on about it. Probably, yeah, ad nauseum right there. He says that my girlfriend and I still quote that regularly. It was a great example of the chemistry you guys had on the good days. Anyways, I hope you're doing all right, man. I hope he's found his peace too. Cheers for all the years of entertainment. Thanks, dude. Um, this next caller uh, loved Harrison and used to call in quite a bit for uh, sexual advice, sex advice, sex tips, oh. hot sex tips. Hey, D. Hey, Kate. It is Alberta Girl. Um, <gasps> I'm just calling in regards to the tribute show. I wanted to express my deepest condolences and my utmost sadness and heartbreak at the passing of Harrison. Um, While I never got to meet him in person, unfortunately, it was definitely something I wanted to do. We did have conversations via messenger on occasion. And when I did call in with questions, he was actually really helpful and gave great advice. Even when other people were busting his balls about stupid shit like feathers and all that crap. Oh my God. He used to get so pissed off about the feathers. Oh, the feathers thing. I was, and, you know what? It's taken us a long time to, for anyone to even mention feathers. And I think Harrison would be proud of that. No, I think so too. I think, I mean, it used to piss him off. But you know, it's, it's classic. He and, was so easily riled. <laughs> he was riled about it. But this is like classic English, like, like mean spirited British humor. They know one thing that uh, that 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 pisses you off or that bothers you, and then you just keep bringing it up. And so I think what happened is someone made a joke about a feather. I don't remember the origin of it, but someone made a joke about a feather. It pissed him off, and then every fucking English listener would just call in about his feathers. Same with the uh, the pedo glasses. Remember that. He used yeah. to get annoyed. But you know what it means, right? If a British person is picking on you for something repeatedly, it's banter, but it means they fucking like you. Exactly. They, they, they take the like piss you. because you like it. Get if over t- it. If they didn't take the piss out of you, they, they wouldn't like you. So I think that, that was a thing. Exactly. Like, I think, yeah, I think, they, um, um, I think they, were, they were showing that they actually did like Harrison, but it pissed him off. Um had a big heart and he was a larger than life personality and he will be dearly missed. I know he hasn't been on the show in quite some time, but he's definitely left an imprint on me and my heart. And I've been sad ever since he's um, passed away. Anyways, um, I just wanted to say Harrison, I wish you knew just how much you were loved and adored by all of us. and You will be dearly missed. Well, except 
bonus villain because well whatever bonus villain just hates the world and society and whatever he goes <laughs> i do have a really funny early phone call from uh we, back when we called him batman villain before he changed it to boner villain uh, it's really funny um he was calling in about um about uh, saying how he's going to come to L.A. and teach me how to live, like how to manage my finances and buy a home. And I was like, yeah, buy me a home. It was Bonavillain, though, that told basically Harrison to buy crypto. And Harrison went out and got a ton of crypto, and he made loads of money, though. Was so it Bonavillain that said that? You should listen to Bonavillain. Huh. Yeah. Well, where's the wisdom there? But Harrison, we love you. We miss you. And I hope you're at peace and in a better place. Um, keep it safe. Keep it wrong. Thanks for everything, Dee. Kate, you're amazing. And um, I will pour one out for Harrison on this occasion. All right. Peace. Raise our glasses. Thank you, Alberta girl. Uh, awesome. That was a great call. Yeah, that was I good. Um, so here's a uh, um, an old friend of Harrison's. What's up, Fishing Wrong? Welcome to Jake. Jizzy Jake. Jizzy oh, wow. That that was one of my favorite Harrison stories too. I mean, it's a little later, uh, towards the end of his tenure on the show. But remember when he flew out to fucking Florida to drive across country with his maniac? Uh, ill-fated Roach. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was such it was such a Harrison story. I remember I was like, why, why would you do this? I love the fact he had a panic attack basically from start to end. <laughs> As if you wouldn't. I, I think any normal person would. Had a lot of shit going on. But, uh, you know, figured I'd call in with another Jizzy Jake story. Jizzy Jake. Jake. That's the last time I saw Harrison. Um, shit, I was freaking out because, like, I was in L.A. and fucking the election was about to happen. And I was like, fuck, dude, this city's going to fucking... Oh my god, man! I can't fucking be in the riot right now. And uh, so me and Harrison went out for some drinks and shit. Uh, and uh, there was a, a Trump parade that fucking paraded down the goddamn street, all trying to antagonize people and shit. And he looked at me and said, "Jake, the city's gonna fucking burn." And I said, "Fuck, Harrison, I, I need to get out of here. Me and my dog might get burned alive in a fucking car." And uh, he said, "Well, here's five hundred bucks. Get the fuck out of here." And then we go back to his car. And he opens up the car door, he gets in, and he starts the car. And I open up the passenger door, and I'm like, fuck, man, why'd you throw a bunch of shit up on my fucking passenger seat, bro? What the, what's up? He's like, dude, I didn't put that shit there. That shit isn't even mine. I thought that shit was yours. I was like, no, nah, dude, like, what's going on here? Was it even his car? Jizzy Jake's car or Harrison's? <laughs> no, I think Harrison, like, opened, Jizzy Jake's saying he opened up his car door. And then there was a bunch of oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if they're was at the wrong his... car. We were like higher than a kite in this in another person's car, and his keys knew it. Their car I knew it. For about a good thirty minutes, trying to figure out who shit it was. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, "Fuck, dude! Like, what the fuck?" We parked next. Not the first time that happened to either one of those guys. I'll, I'll bet a dollars to donuts. That was the first yeah. time that happened. <laughs> a car that looked exactly like his, and his keys parted their fucking car. Oh, it was dope. Uh, scary too, because then we like, were like, "Holy shit, we almost got fucking GTA." Um, but yeah, real talk. That motherfucker was a real fucking human being. Anybody that didn't get to meet him, you know, just you'll meet him in Valhalla. Uh, 
but yeah, nothing but love, man. All right, y'all be easy. Uh, he did come back with a short part too here, so let me just uh, get this cute up. Yeah, cause he did. Cause yeah, hey, again. Um, I forgot to mention one thing that I think that is very important for anybody who, you know, has appreciated Harrison's like, you know, tenure on the show or just as a person and shit. Um, you know, he called me, I don't know, like just a little bit before Christmas and, uh, that was the last time I talked to him. And, you know, he called me and he said, I just wanted to call you when I was happy. He said that he was sick of, you know, fucking going through the shit and that he was fucking happy because he just went and saw a fucking witch who um, did like a... This is the story I was talking about. The witch with the fucking toad. So Harrison. Yeah things that made him like you know fucking puke up some black shit and stuff and that that he was now like feeling like he could battle the addiction you know um and he was happy about it and he felt good about it and he felt like you know it had an effect so you know if anybody feels like you know the last you know part of his life is nothing but sadness like it wasn't you know, there was, there was some happiness in there. It's just, you know, sometimes sometimes we don't come out on top at the end, you know? And that's all right. We, uh, half of us on this fucking group and, and on this podcast and shit have been failures for a lot of our lives and shit, you know? And that's all right. We've accepted that shit. It's, just, it's part of us. But, um, you know, it was it's not all failures, you know? You got to account the ones that, that are winners, you know? And, uh, you know, he had moments of extreme happiness and, and enough to call me and gloat about his happiness, which I don't think I've, he's ever fucking done that before in his life, you know? It so, is kind of rare, actually. Other, so, yeah. Um, you know, there's that. There's that. So, be nice to each other. Love each other. All right, peace. Thanks, Jizzy Jake, man. Yeah, I mean, I think nice that's... Nice to each other. I like but, it. But I think that's... that's uh. Let's take a sip yeah. for Harrison. The jizzy. And the jizzy. Um, that was one thing about, I think the, the reason why Harrison resonated with so many people is like a, a lot of people are dealing with demons. A lot of people are dealing with mental health issues. A lot of people are dealing with drug addiction issues. And I think part of it was like, well, I'm not as fucked up as this guy. And I think that, you totally. know, I do think that kind of made people feel better. But also I think it brought awareness to these issues and a lot of people to actually be like, you know, fuck. Maybe I should get some help too. I mean, Harrison. Are we going to put some numbers somewhere for like, um, like mental health in the description? I think we were talking about that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it's it's serious, and I think you know if 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 you are suffering, it's like a, you should go out and seek help. And I think I know Harrison tried so many different avenues to try to uh, you know treat his depression and treat his drug addiction. You know, it's not like I, it's not like I think he was like, oh, this is a part of me and I, I have to do this because it defines my character. It's like, no, it was a demon and it was something that he was trying to cure himself of. Um, but it's it's a very it's a very real issue. And especially now, I think with people that that are doing drugs, you, you have to be careful. Like I was talking to my brother, especially about in this. California, at especially the in California, but New York everywhere. I was talking to my brother about this. My brother knows three people who died of a fentanyl overdose. 
uh, because drugs are being cut with fentanyl and drugs, not, not necessarily cocaine, but like sometimes some people like they don't even do heroin anymore because uh, fentanyl's cheaper and uh, and it's it's easier to um, to to yeah. find and to acquire. So if you're going to do drugs, believe me, I I still do drugs and I've done drugs, but you have to be safe about it. You know, buy drugs from someone that that, that you trust. Test your drugs. Like now, my, um, you can get testing kits for free, actually, and you can test your drugs. And if, if there's fentanyl in it, I mean, you should be concerned. And you should and be aware of it. don't do drugs alone, ultimately. And Just don't do drugs alone. I mean, I don't know. You could deal drugs. You could do... Some people are, you know, don't have too many friends or don't or significant others. Go to a shooting gallery. <laughs> Go to a shooting gallery and hang out with the other the other crooks. Or, there. or just let people just don't know. Don't do them alone, people. Let people know and and definitely like reach out. We'll we'll put some numbers because I mean it, it is it is serious. Thank you, thank you, Jizzy Jake, for that. Actually, it was a good message. Um, let me play one quick one one more quick one here, um, and then. Uh, did I play this Willowberg call yet? Did I play Willowberg? Oh, no, I love Willowberg. Got to play him. All right, I'm going to play this Willowberg call. It's a good Canada one. Canada representing. I did nearly say Canada then. I like the, I, I like Willowberg. Hey, D. Hey, Kate. This is Willowberg. Uh, Harrison. What can I say about Harrison that uh, somebody else hasn't already said? Uh, I think Martin and Seal will describe him best as a mess of a man. But that was <laughs> careful the hardest charm, you know? Yes. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably going to be sharing their favorite memories, and I've been sharing a couple of mine on the Discord here and there. But uh, I've decided what I think the most emblematic of Harrison is is uh, around episode 644, which is the Elsagate episode. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you know, that was Harrison at his best. It really highlighted what he could be when he wanted to try. It brought together secret societies, government mind control, uh, a few dashes of the occult, child trafficking rings, you know, just all the stuff that Harrison loves. They really, it really showcased how insightful and interesting Harrison could be when he was actually engaged in a topic. You know, I know the guy could be hit or miss, and especially more miss towards the end of his tenureship, but he really made an unforgettable impact on the show. Uh, he'll always be part of the history, even though he fucking hated it at the end. And, you know, honestly, who could blame him? Why the fuck am I still listening? Who the fuck knows? But, uh, <laughs> and I know that he hated when people would keep the good and forget the bad when someone died, but fuck him. He's not around to stop me anymore. So I can do what I want. So keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Hi, Al Harrison. Uh, Kate, I hope I can look back on you as favorably when uh, D inevitably chops you up and puts you in the basement, but take care. You'll make me into a smoothie. Willoughby. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a very special show. Um, Hi, Al Harrison. Hi, Al Harrison. Can I yeah, say, um, also from the Canada land representing, uh, Christopher Siege on his po- podcast, Too Much Energy, and he did a really nice little tribute to Harrison at the start, too. Oh, he that's, talked about that's his cool. feelings. Yeah, so. that Elsagate episode, though. God, that was like straight up Harrison's wheelhouse. He, he was so into that. He spent like weeks researching that. Like, he was so into that Elsagate episode. And. Was- well, I mean, some of the I, some I get of the it. Episodes. When you're really into episodes, it's kind of like I really liked um, the Dorothy Stratton one because that's so up my street. I don't. There's not much I have to research about that. I already know well, it. Because you know I so much about it. Harrison's yeah. like excited energy for it. Do you guys remember that one about that uh, that guy who was like giving money to prostitutes in Detroit? But yeah, I'd never heard about him until that was that was a really good one him. too. Um, that Harrison was like super into this guy in Detroit that would drive around. That was probably is probably a serial killer because a lot of these hookers were going, you know, were, would go missing. 
a couple weeks after he was like and he's filming filmed them. an engagement with them where he was giving them money. Definitely very sketchy. And he had like a, the, his van was full of food. The other yeah. episode I remember is the Count of Saint Germain. That guy is totally Harrison. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was another one that he was super into. Um yeah, there there were some really memorable episodes. This next one is a uh, this is another like Harrison outlandish wacky story um which of which there were many but uh this is one of my favorites so okay is when i kind of uh, and actually i think he'd been on the show for what was this like episode 535 so he'd been on the show for a while um but this this girl and she kind of uh became sort of a figure in sick and wrong lore and uh if people recall when harrison was stabbed almost in his genitals the stabbing. This is this is when I'd kind of first started listening to the show and it was the stabbing that drew me in. But it really it really highlighted how insane um and random and unpredictable this guy's life was. But anyway, a, a lot of it though he brought on himself. And this is one in particular. <laughs> yeah. Like I Harrison. think most people who met a woman like this, you just have red flags popping up everywhere and you'd be like, All right, I think I'm gonna ghost her. And go find one that's less drama. Not Harrison. Harrison's like, I'm going to take this relationship to the next level. So, but Harrison was also the red flag boyfriend, though. Yeah, that is true. Wasn't he? No, that <laughs> you know, no, for sure. I think this is these are two red flags getting together and commingling for Satan. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is great. So uh, this is when he brought this girl. Her name was the best. This is her, I don't know if it's her real name or if it's a if it's a pseudonym or nickname. Um, Deathy. Deathy. That just says it all. Anyway, he brings Deathy uh, to uh, Lenore's birthday party. It's almost it's derogatory. Yeah. I don't mean yeah. to get that. Uh, yeah. She seemed a bit mentally unstable though, to me. But I mean, who, you know, in this world... Isn't. Yeah. Who isn't, you know, yes. really? <laughs> who isn't mentally unstable? I mean, at least she goes to regular therapy. I sure as shit don't, you know? So, but does you she could have... say that. Okay, so let me just set the uh, scenario for yeah. people to, uh, who weren't there. Yeah. Uh, Lenore Claire had an impromptu birthday party, and she right. invited a few people to go eat at a like, group dinner at this Mexican restaurant. And so we all show up. I don't up. think I'm getting invited to things anymore. <laughs> well, we all show up, but there were like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 people there. And so I got there a little late, so I was sitting at the end um, uh, with my date, and then Harrison shows up with this girl who, as I said before, looked a, a bit like Gilda Radner. You know, from Saturday Night Live. In the she 70s. doesn't know who Gilda. I ran, I told her that she didn't. She doesn't know who Gilda. She really did what? look like Gilda, like a young Gilda Radner. I mean, well, she was, firstly, she was that's a young really chick. fucking hot. And secondly, she doesn't know who Gilda is. I'm not saying I'm she's, actually uh, insulted by that. Well, I'm not saying she was unattractive because Gilda Radner. No, was, Gilda's hot. Yeah, she was attractive, but she was young, so I, I can understand. Like she doesn't know. Saturday I know who Live. Gilda is. But yeah, we but SNL know cast is. members from like 1978. I no, I agree. Gilda Radner, uh, very, very talented, brilliant comedian. Um, guest right but now. yeah, she a didn't guest. know who he was. But she looked a lot like him, or a lot like her. She kind of looked like, a bit like that. She's kind of like uh, yeah. you know, black hair, but kind yeah. of it was sort of disheveled, and mm. um, she had like those big round glasses. It looked like a character. I can't think of the name of the character that Gilda Radner used to portray. But and then Edie from Grey Gardens, because the way she behaved, this very <gasps> loud, Love rather it. obnoxious. Um, erratic person that was that was saying um, good good basically interjecting in many different conversations all at the same time and then also speaking in just like nonsensical um, 
uh, non sequiturs, really. Hmm. But anyway, just saying the most random things, interrupting people's conversations, and they bar- like they they showed up late. Everyone's already kind of sitting around, sitting around talking. I mean, I kind of tangentially knew a lot of the people there, but we're like sitting there and this, and Harrison brings in this girl and next thing you know, she's just like saying just random weird shit to people, interrupting people's conversations and it gets better. So she looks like There's, Gilda, but she's like Edie from Grey Gardens. Yes, I her behavior. Maybe she's mental. Interesting person. I felt she kind of uh, brought some uh, some liveliness to the party, right? Um, but it made me wonder. But everybody was just kind of like, "Whoa, this girl's wacky." I think the people mm. at the other end of the table didn't really notice her. Did they not? Okay, I- I'm not sure because mm. I think the one girl moved, and then uh, the only other interaction <laughs> that a lot of the people at the other side of the uh, the table had mm. was when she was interrupting their selfies. Um, Which- that was the best part of her. I thought it was so it was so amusing because any L.A. get together, soiree, whatever party, it's just endless selfies because that's what everyone has to do in L.A. They have to post their fucking selfies to Instagram. So everyone there is like, I'm at this party. Selfie, selfie, selfie. And she just was disrupting all their selfies. To be fair, <laughs> I feel like there's people should interrupt selfies, you know? I agree. fully. Agree. I, I thought it was hilarious. Apparently, it's a huge faux pas these days, but I don't know. I mean... Apparently, when uh, you're at a party in Hollywood mm. and there's a lot of attractive women taking selfies mm. or selfies, group selfies, um, you're not supposed to interrupt them. I think it's a faux pas. But I was, I was, I was in tears because she yeah. she brought like. She I mean, this... if it were up to me, we'd have a bonfire of the vanities, you know, <laughs> Friar Sam and Rolla. We'd just fucking go that way again. But you know, interrupting selfies. Anyway, continue. Dude. Well, she had this bag with her that had a bunch of crap, and I have no idea what she had mm. in her bag. Like, she's she's kind of like a um, like a homeless like person. Her. No, I, she's like a human animaniac. I guess you ever see the animaniacs? She is kind of like a yeah, human. Yeah, she's animaniac. like a human Very animaniac. True. Yeah, I Let's can, can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah. But she had this bag with just a lot of random shit in it, and so one of the things she had was a bunch of apples, and she gave mm-hmm. an apple to the birthday girl. But anytime someone was taking a selfie, she was trying to shove the app, like put her put the apple in the front of the camera. Right. So like, so she would totally. She had this whole bag of like apples, like she bought for the birthday for Lenora. She gave her an apple, and then she what had this color? like, like a red That's apple. But uh, she was just like only red apples should exist. Interrupting everyone's people. selfies by putting the apple like in front of their faces, and they were. People didn't even know how to react to that. I like this They're chick. So I think you're all being too. I can see why Harrison is dating her because if Harrison isn't dating her, I probably would be trying it on with her. I think she's really fun. Well, she probably would have loved you because she was molesting every girl there. And she kept like, I don't we know why. home together. She kept hitting me, like punching me hard. Like, I, I don't That's know why. What, I'm when girls sure do that to you, D, it means they fancy you. Maybe, but I was with my girlfriend at the time. And then my girlfriend, she just like full on like felt her up, grabbed her ass, like it was above and, and beyond. And this didn't end in a threesome. No, but well, the p- other people, people were pretty freaked out by it, by her behavior. We'll get, I mean, you can listen to the I'm, ep- I'm with Harrison on this, but I see why Harrison gets it. Well, you could listen to the episode. Like they were on like s- some kind of Russian special K called like Sputnik, some weird like special K type <laughs> designer Harrison. drug. And that's why, yeah, it was like, I don't know where he got it, on a dark web or something, but they were, that's why they were fucked. Like they Imagine were fucked. saying that to someone going, I'm sorry about my behavior the other night. I was on Sputnik. Well, she, she was doing it at the table. 
like, it, like pulling it out of her fucking bag of like her bag of magic tricks. Like she was pulling out all this shit and then she's like, oh, here, you want some Sputnik? And it's like, no, I don't know what that is. Yeah, and they were both on it. Yeah, off their tits. It was fucked up. It's funny. Pulls in all the pictures because she felt like stylistically it should be there or something. The apple, yeah. And the, the, I guess the, uh, the, the resent. I don't want to say resentment, but I would say there's definitely some disapproving faces. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was pictures. an interesting statement on mankind's fall from grace. You know? I agree with that. <laughs> I think I that's what she was going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was great. Where, where did you meet this girl? Okay, Cupid. Marriage material here. Mm. Did you know she was a uh, you know a bit off kilter just from the first email, just reading her bio? Oh yes. Mm. Yes. That's what attracted you to her. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of a feral creature these days myself. <laughs> Though I, I look, I admit, I look very good. Understatement. On paper, but as soon as they meet you, person to person. Yeah, yeah. Where did so? Where did you meet this girl? Did you go out for coffee, drinks? First time I met her, I went to her house. Um, well, you went to her house. I went to her house, yeah. She owns a house. No, no, no. Oh. Her parents own a house. Oh, okay, so she yeah. lives with her parents. Yes. How old is this person? Mid to late 20s, let's say. Wow, mid to late 20s yeah. and still lives with her parents. And she doesn't have Down syndrome, Well, right? in this economy, She's... it's not. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's inevitable I'm going to say something crass like that. You know? It's always you lowering the tone. Not Me surprised. and Harrison should have had the podcast together. <laughs> It'd probably be way, way better. It would have be, been me going, have you left the house today? No. Have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I do want to play a couple more calls. And I think we have a few more emails and we probably have to wrap this up. And we'll continue on second show. I have a few other um, calls that came in. Yeah, we'll go we, God, don't want to do this for like four hours. Um, this one call is actually pretty good. Let me uh, let me grab this up here. Um, let's see here. We have a couple people. I'm trying to find one that I haven't played yet. You know who called in? Buffalo Bill called in. I thought that was nice. Oh, I love BB. Yeah, BB called in. So let me play a quick one. That's a it's a quick it's a short one, but let me play it. Hey, this is BB. I just wanted to call and commenting on passing Harrison. Um, it sucks. And you know he, I think he was a a troubled guy, but really genuinely came down to it. And, you know, it was always fun to hear <laughs> get pissed off by some dumb shit that he was saying when he just tell such a blatant lie and goes to fucking ball for it. Um, you know. I'll I did love winding that guy up. I mean, I'm, he- I'm good at doing that anyway. I always thought it was funny when Harrison was like, yeah, I'm going to move to the UK. Harrison could not have survived the UK. Wait, just Harrison because actually, because of our banter. Yeah, I don't very, think he could have made a single friend here. Cause he would have I don't know. He, lo- he loved the UK. He's very Anglo. He had a lot of... I think he would have fit in like London. Oh, he couldn't have survived like, the banter, mate. Come well, on. I, I mean, I, he was very sensitive. And he took the, he internalized a lot of comments. But I don't know. I... I I thought it was really funny just to, to wind that guy up because he would get so angry. He would get so pissed off. And I always found that really funny when... Uh, and when, then you'd get an email that. three days later. Well, but when, when it was really bad. But yeah, like, but there were times when I would just kind of say an off-the-cuff comment that would just be like, 
you muppet. And, like he'd get really mad, and I always thought that was yeah. Kind of I funny. liked it when you warmed him up as well. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I, you know the same thing with my brother. Like my brother, we. Used to, I remember. Yeah, Jeffrey's a hothead. Oh, Jeffrey's a total hothead. But I remember when uh, we were kids. God, this was in South Africa. When we were kids. We had to go see a child psychologist. Like, uh, there's a child psychologist that my parents got to deal with my brother. My brother's very problematic when he's young. Um, Didn't they get one for you as well when you turned vegetarian? The same, I had to go see the same guy, Dr. Cowles, I think his name was. Um, but anyway, I remember we all had to go and talk to him because Jeffrey was in like all this therapy with the guy and he wanted to speak to the family members. And so uh, it was me, my brother, it was my guy, our whole family was there. And he was just like, so do you get pleasure in enraging your brother? And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was just like, what? He's like, do you get pleasure in making your brother angry? I was just like, yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> and my yeah. brother's like, see, see, it's him. He does it. And I was like, and he's like, why do you do that? I was like, because it's funny. And my sister started laughing because it was, I was probably like, I don't know, eight. <laughs> but it was the same kind of thing with Harrison. Like, God, that guy would just like fly off the handle in a rage and then just be back to normal. Like, mm. Yeah, it was, you know? it, was <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, just when he was kind when he was on, and you know, I think he cared about the people on there. He really Feels did, like, though. Oh, some talent on, and I, I wish the best for him and his family and for UD because you know, obviously, you guys work together and it wasn't the best split, but. And I think he really likes being on the show at the end of the day. I think he really got a lot out of it. Um, I think I'm Jesus, BB. It's very morose. Oh, I know, uh, BB is so, like, peppy with his calls. Come on, I know, BB. I, I should have previewed this one. Saved it for a second show. Jesus. Buzzkill. BB, I hope you're okay. Like, you're right there, BB. Did to send you a t-shirt? Something. I think mean, Dean know. needs to send you a t-shirt. Send him a shot of Jägermeister. Something. I don't know. Um, no, I agree. I agree, BB. It's it's we're all kind of, we're all gutted, but I do kind of want to celebrate Harrison here on the show. Yeah, we're here to celebrate Harrison, but I get what BB's saying. No, so it's a bummer. Build up. Harrison definitely had friendships with people like me and Harrison had like a weird friendship. He had friendships with loads of other people. It's like through this podcast. I've met like Sophie, who I like is one of my like lifelong best friends now. I never would have met her if it was not for this podcast. And you do build up weird relationships with people. It's like, you, how did you, you do? When I tell people about how you and I met, it's always weird. I'm like, we met through a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think this podcast definitely facilitated um, meeting a lot of people you probably never encounter. Especially, like, exactly. I mean, uh, Catherine, you know, the first, uh, the first uh, caller. It was Harrison met her randomly through the show. Yeah. You know, so it, so it is how it goes. Yeah, it is kind of cool. But that was one thing, though, is the interaction with all the different fans. And, like, every era of Sick and Wrong had their own callers. Like, um, people, long-time listeners to the show might remember Scott from Iowa, that fucking maniac with the, during the wackily years. This dude, he yeah, called yeah. in with the most just bizarre stories, this, like, weird Midwestern guy. And then Trucker Paul. That was a wackily, wackily one. But Harrison, the Harrison years also had their own cast of uh, of characters, kind of like the whack pack 
uh, Jizzy Jake was one. Um, everyone might remember Ninja Face. Remember that guy? Yeah, I remember Ninja Face. Ninja Face, Renamed. the felon. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the politically correct version. Harrison gave my phone number to Ninja Face. Did Ninja Face ring you? Yeah, like to try to intimidate me or something. And I was just how can like, Ninja? How can he intimidate anyone? I don't know if like he asked Harrison, he's like, give me his number, I'm gonna scare the shit out of him or something. And I was like, really just kind of confused. I'm driving in the Prius, like back from like Taco Bell or something, and I'm just like, who? He's like, it's Ninja Face, and I'm like. I was supposed to say, did you bring him and go, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> what no, he was not in a scream voice. But I've been was... drinking the water in Flint. I know. <laughs> but he like, he calls up and he was uh, like trying to be all tough or I don't know, trying to be intimidating. And we ended up just like chatting and having a really good chat and then coming up with like a ninja face character we're going to have on the show. It actually was a pretty constructive conversation, but it was weird. And he never rung in again. Now, I don't know what happened to that guy. I, I don't know. But Harrison and him were like friends. Thing. Like they were friends. They would chat on the phone and talk about like, like I think he was going to go out there and hang out with him. I don't know if he ever did. Uh, then there was that Flint Ninja. Remember him? Yes. He called in. Um, one of my favorites that stopped listening to the show, Retarded Scoutmaster. I think that's what Harrison called him. <laughs> or I might have called him that. I don't know. We came up with his name. We used to call this guy Retarded Scoutmaster. And we'd just take the piss out of this guy every phone call. And if it, this is like early on in the Harrison years. I remember like years later, he called back and he was just like, you know, I stopped listening to you guys and it was the best thing I've ever done. Best decision I've that ever guy. made in my life is when I stopped I listening to you two. So fuck you. Like he calls back and he says, hey, me, me and Harrison were just laughing. <laughs> I do think um, one of uh, Harrison's closest friends on the show. Oh, I know who's coming. Yeah. But also I think a, a brother in arms for him. And, uh, you know, it would have been nice if if Harrison probably would have listened to him a little bit more. I think, I mean, anyone it, in the patron knows what I'm about to go through. He can be annoying. Don't get me wrong. I can be annoying also. But I mean, it's like everyone knew when this caller would call in, and he went through different iterations. You know, in the beginning, he was the guy who tried to kill himself, and then he became Schlitzy. But Schlitzy and Harrison definitely had a uh, a close relationship, almost like a. Well, I think it was closer on Schlitzy's side. Well, but I think Schlitzy was trying, was really trying to reach out and help this guy. It's kind of a bummer of a phone call because Schlitzy was very gutted to hear the news. But I kind of want to play this um, just because, I mean, it shows, like, you know, true, the true emotions that people people had and the relationship people had with Harrison. So I'm going to play Schlitzy's call. Oh, hey, Harrison. It's Schlitzy. Oh, man. I just got over having a little crying fit driving. I imagine Slitzy cries a lot, don't you think? Just about whatever. Like crying jags. He's a guy that would have crying jags. If I was Slitzy, I would cry every day. Just when you look in the mirror? Just like when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror? Oh, yeah, all of it. All of it. <laughs> or when you're masturbating. Or both. Definitely when I'm masturbating and definitely when I'm putting the speculum in my mouth. <laughs> when you get the speculum, <laughs> you just start having a little cry. Because I'm excited. Working a song just totally triggered me. It's been a... Uh, man, just fuck you. Fuck you. Jesus. I remember when I first got sober, there was a, a guy oh, that shit. got sober it's with me. Sober. <laughs> I never would have known that. He's a sober person. They used, to, uh, they used to crack me up when Harrison's like, oh, great, so you're going to tell me how long you're sober again. I really want to hear this. 
Schlitzy who smokes weed and <laughs> what takes DMT is sober. Shit. Well, I don't know. I don't no, know. What if he's that? Does he drink as well? What a no, but, sober man. But he's so straight edge. It's all about being in perspective. Maybe he's sober because he's not using harder drugs. Okay, what are we in an AA meeting right now? No, oh, I'm just saying it's 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 baby steps. All right, Kim Rambo. Jesus. All right, all right, all right. I celebrated a year, and then he had his celebration the day after me, and he went out and started drinking again. And about two months later, we went and did a twelve-step call on him, and and that's where you go and try and get them help. And uh, I remember showing up to his place and him looking me in the eyes and saying, Grant, I don't want to. And um, that's-, that's what I'm saying. He lived his life by his own rules. And and it sucks the consequences of that. But it's, it's like my brother, same way, same yeah. type of person. Like my friend Kessler, same type of person. They live their life by their own rules. They're going to do what they want to do. And, and yeah, everybody, everybody, admire. but everybody has like, oh, you know, the, the best intentions of like, oh, this is how you should be living your life. Well, fuck you. You know, Harrison lived the, the life he wanted to lead. You he know? did. Exactly. So you can stick your judgment up your ass, people. Hurt. And I remember going to a meeting and talking about it. And this old timer came up to me and said, listen, kid, if you're going to stay sober, you got to learn how to step over the body. And I've stepped over 53 bodies in the three count. and a half years I've been sober. No and one knows more dead people. Of it. And I, I knew. It's like fucking Rambo. <laughs> Here is he. Like, what? Is this the Holocaust? It's, it's like, like my whole family. Stepping over killed. bodies. <laughs> and we both knew. We talked about it plenty that this was the way you were going to die. And that was okay with you. And. That's the little bit of happiness that I take or, or the silver lining I take is that I know that this is how you want it to end and you just couldn't do it yourself. It just had to happen, but this one hurts, man. I love you so much. I, I kind of knew because when you talk to somebody weekly, by you know, regularly, and they drop off, the most you have ever dropped off is maybe two weeks, but... I knew they did talk regularly. I know, uh, even up until the end. I think that's why um, Schlitzy actually reached out to me because he was like, "What the fuck? What, what's happening?" And because uh, he hadn't heard from him in a long time, and that's that's when right. I, I mentioned it to him. Like by week three around Christmas, that you probably died, and uh, still didn't take away any. It didn't make it any easier. I love you, man. I will forever remember you and thank you for all the things you did for me, the help you gave me with my daughter, and I just love you, man. Wow. Well, thank you there, Schlitzy. I tip my glass to you as well. I I have nothing sarcastic to say at this point. Well, that's rare. Um, but no, I, I think that that right there, that call, and that's why I said it to the end, it just kind of shows the impact, the effect, the inspiration that Harrison, Harrison gave a lot of people. It, it is, and you know, Wackley is the same way. Like Wackley just kind of downplays it. It doesn't really, it's like, oh, who cares? It's a stupid fucking fake radio show. But it, it is, it is. 
the podcast is a fake radio show. You know, we did, it's a hobby, whatever. But I think it does have, um, you, you forge relationships with a lot of people. Uh, I'm in a different perspective, though, because Wackily, when Wackily started the podcast with you, there was no podcast. You guys, like, built it up and went with it. I'm someone who works a 40-hour week and listens to 40 yeah, hours listen. worth of podcasts. I've got connections to these people. You know, I've talked to Desi and Rachel from Hollywood Crime Scene. Like, I have a small Dead connection bug. to them. So I totally get it. And, like, you know, I had phone calls with Harrison. Like, Harrison messaged me. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking sad when anyone dies. Whenever anyone dies, you're kind of connected to in some way. But at the same time, I have the perspective of, perspective of Harrison took a lot of fucking drugs. You don't live for a million years. But I think he lived the life he wanted to lead. Exactly. And And I admire that for him. And he was a great character. So I admire that as well. Very talented guy. Anyway, there there is uh, there's there's some some more calls and things like that. We're going to have to wrap up the show because it's going on quite a quite a bit long, longer than anticipated. So we're going to do some of the overflow in second show. It'll be public. I'll post it and you guys can uh, check it out there. Um, A couple of the other things I wanted to mention real quick. Um, if you're going to go back and like listen to some, some highlights from old episodes, I'm probably going to play this on a uh, second show, but do you remember when he, the reveal of that guy Quigley? I don't know if you listened <gasps> to that back then. When, yes. when Harrison found out that Quigley was a fraud, he was so upset. He was so angry. It, it, it's, it's a really fun, it's a funny clip. We'll play it. We'll play that on the second show. Some of the other things too is, uh, some of the interviews that we did were, were amazing. Uh, you know, Jinx Dawson from the band Coven. That was great. Oh, yeah, and he got that interview as well. Yeah, uh, Andrew Basiago, the time traveler that was running for president. That that was a good one. We mentioned Jonesy before the book about fisting, um, and the, the guy Norman Oler. That was a really good one that uh, Harrison got. Was uh, blitzed uh, drugs in the Third Reich. So, but that was that was a really good one too. I'm gonna play um, this quick little patron promo just because it's uh, one of my favorites that Harrison did, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. A better sick and wrong for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, people, um, yeah, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for contributing, uh, to the show and, and the, with the, the emails and the phone calls. I think Harrison would have been floored. I really think he would have been, um, um, we're also going to play a few more calls and a couple more clips on the uh, second show, which will, which will be a public post this week. Um, well, we're also in, while you're on Patreon, if you want to sign up for it, you can go check out the, uh, sick and wrong news segment that we're doing. Uh, we do that weekly. I believe it's at the $10 tier, tier. but uh, this week we actually have a couple of funny stories about it. Uh, have you heard about Mexican drug cartels recruiting runners through uh, games like Grand Theft Auto? Like, I could, I could do you that. You could be a drug runner. And uh, totally. I have another story about an able-bodied woman married to a severely disabled man 
and they talk about their sex life. So anyway, that's the type of thing we talk about, talk about in the Sick and Wrong News. Go uh, sign up for patreon.com slash sickandwrong. And uh, yeah, we appreciate the support. Also, we have uh, Sick and Wrong merch available at the T Public store, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. And uh, finally, I want to play a song for Harrison as the Sick and Wrong song of the week. That is one thing play? that we, we both had. Uh, thing that uh, Kate had with Harrison too is just uh, the the love of music. And we're both music collectors, oh, music nerds. I think if me, you, and Harrison had sat around a table, we could have talked about music for just hours. I, I could see us getting pissed drunk and just listening to records all night because that's me and Harrison used to do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um. He he taught me. He introduced me to a lot of music. Vice versa. I showed him a few things too. But uh, um, yeah. Every after every episode, we'd usually look at records and he'd pull out records and we'd like put it on and just sit there and shoot the shit. Um, and a lot of the Patreon outtakes I mentioned before were discussions on the music we purchased on Discogs. Anyway, I was trying to find a song that would be perfect um, that he'd appreciate that kind of like, I don't know, summarized the, the feelings that, uh, that people had for Harrison and in uh, and, and a song that just, I know that he really, really loved. Do you know the song, the elf sires by the rats? <laughs> Yeah. He fucking loved that song. And you can't even get the record. And Harrison used to like, Harrison did have a lot of random records, a lot of outsider music, things like that. But he had a, just a lot of like, like one song hits. And these like seven inches would be like $800. Well, yeah, that's pretty much my record collection. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm more of an album type dude. Like I have a, a lot of the records. And I've looked for this record, the second long player record by the band The Rats came out in 74. You know I what's funny about The Rats player. is is about 10 different bands called The Rats as Yeah, well. this was this was the <laughs> yeah. English band The Rats. Um, but we're going to yeah, end the song the here. Canadian ones. Yeah, we're going to end the song here with the Elf Sires because I know uh, he really did love that song. Um, Harrison's friend, uh, Jared, mentioned that there might be a memorial or something in uh, Los Angeles. I'm going to ask him if he can zoom it. So, and I'll post the link so people can check it out. Um, when I find out more details about it, I'll post about it on social media and, and maybe talk about it on the show. Um, haven't heard anything yet. So, um, but, but he said that's something that's in the works. Uh, thank, thanks to everyone for tuning in and uh, hanging out with yeah, us. Thank you. It was a long show. Um, very heartfelt. You know, I don't think Harrison realized how much of an impact he had on the sick and wrong listening audience. He, he definitely, without a doubt, left an indelible mark and a legacy that would be there for years to come. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, these episodes are going to be here forever. So let's just all tip our glasses here to the passing of a true libertine, a radio legend and a friend. Rest in power, Harrison P. Lovecraft. We'll be back next week with episode 829. Until then, take it sleazy.
I was in the car with my bio dad last week and um, Purple Haze came on the radio and he's like, wow, a lot, you know, I'd like to see the modern lyricist do that. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. I'd like to see that. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's a common, you know, misconception. Wait, kiss this guy? Kiss this <laughs> guy. That's a common misconception. People yeah. think it's kiss this guy, but it's kiss this guy. Kiss this guy, But yeah. he, his whole life. Thought he'd it gone was kiss this 60 guy. Sixty years he'd gone thinking it was kiss this guy. So wait, did he think Hendrix was a homosexual? I don't know what All he thought. All this time, or just I don't by, by curious? He probably was by curious, but <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> Hendrix. Uh, but uh, yeah, he just this whole time. You know, it's like the the Echo and the Bunny Men. You know, where it's like fate. Of yeah, the gangster whale. <laughs> the killing moon. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was some shit about a whale. 